This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Group Quest, Episode 17, The Uber Lorgasm. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash quest. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. GroupQuest is also sponsored by Doghouse Systems. Upgrade your gear today at doghousesystems.com, and when you use the code Azeroth, you can get a $25 Jinx gift code to get even more gear. That's doghousesystems.com. Welcome to Group Quest, the new roundtable podcast from all things Azeroth, your World of Warcraft podcast. Join Medros as he gathers a strong group of voices from around the community to tackle the hottest topics of the month. And now, your host, Medros. And welcome back to another thrilling and exciting Group Quest podcast. This is a heavy on the lore episode, so I want to start off the show telling everybody if you don't want to be spoiled about anything in the lore, please fast forward to the end of the show when you hit the ending of the show. But thank you for downloading anyway. Um, with me, I have uh, uh, several writers for WoW Insider. Uh, first off, I'll start with my co-host on... The All Things Azeroth podcast, I have Shade. How are you doing there, Shade? Hello, hello. And we also have Mr. Matthew McCurley. Hey, guys. And we have the other Matt, Mr. Matthew Rossi. Uh, Liam Neeson has no guidance for me in this situation. <laughs> uh, and we all, lastly, we have somebody who I don't believe writes for a while Insider, but is still very knowledgeable about lore. We have Grace here. How are you doing, Grace here? Two things. Yep, I am the odd one out currently. I actually recommended him for my job before I took it. Seriously, and I'd never spoken to you. In fact, I think this is the first time we've spoken, isn't it? I think it is, actually. Yeah, but I actually, they were like, who, who do you think should write the, the column? I'm like, well, if you're not going to let me do it, you should let this guy do it. And I linked to your site. I don't know what happened with that. But probably well, the fact that I mentioned you, probably the fact that I mentioned you doomed you. <laughs> so you, you I've been kind of asleep for the past couple of months. I'm trying to wake it back up, but that's a whole different story. You see, Not so you much want... a recommendation as a condemnation. So you <laughs> wanted him for to to be the second lore columnist? No, I meant at the, the oh, time we weren't going to have to. And okay, I, I, they I was writing both the warrior and Shalom columnists, and I had written it before. Then Alex took it over, and then it was defunct for a long time. So I'm like, well, who do you think should write it? And I was like, well, you know, I I could do it, but if you don't want me to do it. Uh, you know, here's this guy. He does a lot. And I linked to – he had written a really good review of the Stormrage books, and he'd, he'd also posted another Stormrage review from another person. I said, you should look at these. I think his review is spot on. I think he – you know, he's – you know, if you're going to get somebody, he's not a bad guy to consider. And I'm like I said, don't know what happened. <laughs> another <laughs> week later, I think the week after – it might have been because the week after I said, look, I don't want to do the Shaman column anymore. I don't play 
enough elemental. I don't want to play elemental. I don't like the spec. I play enhancement and I play resto, and I don't raid on enhancement. So I don't want to do it. Uh, why don't you get somebody else? I'll, I can do know your lore for you. Uh, and they were like, well, all right. So maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I, I think I, I think the grace you're writing for uh, for Wild Insider would just be awesome. But I also oh, thought like I said, Shade would know, be awesome. So, like I said, you know, the the Storm Age review spot on. It was one of the better pieces I've ever read about that book. Thank Storm you. Storm Age or the No, it was it was specifically a Storm Age review. He wrote it right around the time it came out. He he basically the best part was the tone of the review where he, it was so measured. It was like it was really fair to the book. Most times you see reviews of of Nack's work, um, people They're are a little upset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a very measured response to the book. It was like, look, this isn't all perfect, um, but I'm not a. I'm, I'm admittedly, I am not a Nack fan. You know, most of the stuff that I've read of his tends to take what I knew and loved from, say, Warcraft Three and other sources, and somewhat uh, waters it down. So insert his little friends, yes. Exactly, and I didn't, I didn't want the review to be in that tone. I wanted to actually give it a fair shot because, honestly, out of all of them, Storm Rage was probably the best one that he's done. Uh, but so you know, I didn't want it just to be another let's you know bash Richard Knackfest because there's a lot of that going on, and sometimes he's a very he nice do all that. man. If you he's went to BlizzCon, nice you would have <laughs> you would have seen that there was enough knack bashing in the lines leading up to who you were going to go see and get your book signed. That was the saddest part. <laughs> there was this he's huge, so nice. huge line he, of all these people really waiting is. to see Christy Golden, and then Nack is just kind of sitting there just with his book closed, like looking down into into his soul. So I had to go over and like go. I really like the fact that you're. Your book's becoming an instance. That's cool, right? And he's like, yeah, it is. And he's like lit up. And I'm like, oh, boy. I feel terrible. I had fun interviewing him, though. I thought that was – I had a lot of fun talking to him. He's a nice guy. He's a really nice guy. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Damned with faint praise. <laughs> I remember Grace here because, like, the last time I did group quest was with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yeah, that really, really long one. I think the after show was actually longer than the actual podcast. Yes, <laughs> I, I still have the full recording of from basically when the call started to when this call ended, and I, I won't be doing that again. It's like a three hours or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I believe the recording, the, the entire recording, was about four and a half hours. Yeah, it was. Ridiculous. Jeez. Well, I, I suppose I learned my lesson about. Bringing people who know about lore and just letting them go. So now he's brought on four people who know about lore instead of just two. Yes, that's about well. six, but, seven hours, right? I, I do. I do have things to do this afternoon, so you know. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta go tell my family that I loved them. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say that that I've got a. I've got a hard out. Uh, the hard out is basically when I collapse from pain. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll keep going when you're done. Good. Good times. <laughs> Luckily, we have Medros in the closet. Yeah, <laughs> about your pain, telling me, <laughs> tweeting about my my collapsing. But I mean, you get you you all know a lot about lore, and, and we have a lot of lore questions. But there are some people who do like to listen to some of the news that we do discuss here on Group Quest. So um, I wanted to kind of get you guys' thoughts on a few of the the bigger news stories of the week. Um, first off, have you guys read the uh, the Gallywix, uh article, the story yes. that they posted? Yes. It was awesome. Can somebody review I, it? Because I don't. 
the opening turned me off of it. I, I really didn't want to read any further it, after the opening. It was, it was okay. a lot of fun. I, I don't think it was as good as their previous two entries, and that's no fault of the author or anything. I think it's more the source It's more material. than it's Wicks, really. Yeah, there's not a lot to work with with Wicks, and you can't really, you know... He's just not a redeemable character. I honestly any... think he need they need to do something with him in the game because yeah. right now, yeah. as it stands at the end of the of the Goblin experience, you're like, why am I not Trade Prince? Why? Yeah. It's why is like, he? Well, uh-huh. why did you? But I'm right here, and I did all that cool stuff for you, and you're letting this Joker... Yeah. It just didn't make any sense, and the short story didn't really do anything to clear that up. All the short story made clear was that if at some point we go up against Gallywix to try and replace him, a lot of people are going to die. That's about, that's about the extent of that. I was not impressed with the Gen Greyman one. I thought the Gen Greyman one was not... Um... Oh, I like that one. I yeah, didn't. I didn't I enjoy it, it as much as uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as uh, a lot of other people did. I was just kind of taken aback by lots of weird, like sentence structure and like kind of just odd scenarios. And it was just uh, I don't know. This one, this one, I thought was uh, at least a little bit more fun. It seemed like the guy had fun writing it. I guess. Yeah. I don't. I don't definitely... agree with the character. Like I don't like Gallywix very much as a character or. He's not extremely it compelling was, to me, but 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 it was yeah. written from the heart. <laughs> you this was tell. this was more of a it was more of a humor piece than the the prior two because the prior two were pretty serious stories. Um, yeah. Gracie, did you did you read it? I've actually not read that one yet. Oh, you I'm, should. I'm it's a little only bit four behind. Pages, it's really short. Yeah. Really short. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm actually, and honestly, I'm just happy that they're doing this now and actually expanding it and giving us more insight into individual characters. You know, for the past, what, five years, all that we've known has been in the novels, which aren't exactly distributed widely. Um, in other words, they're just not purchased by as many uh, people who play WoW. And the few bits and pieces in the actual game, it's just nice to actually see them focus on storytelling uh, again a bit more. Which I agree. makes me all happy and warm inside and fuzzy and stuff. <laughs> what I would be happy with is if they came out with an updated timeline. Ooh, I want them to actually nice. a timeline, a functional timeline. Come on, please. If if nothing else, let us you know actually sit down and be consistent about which War of the Ancients we're talking about. Because I've been doing the War of the Ancients this week, and it's like stabbing myself in the eye sockets. To, you know, sometimes <laughs> this in, is why when you game. said, "Hey, have we done War of the Ancients?" I was like, "No, you should do that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Well, when well, we get the like, which one? like yeah, the, when we get the raid, you know. Well, no. That's the thing is, yeah. like the Warcraft Encyclopedia is of limited help because their own site, their own site, doesn't always know which war the ancients they're talking about. No, you know, it's like well, and the thing it, is, when the materials like, they provide you don't tell you what timeline you're in. That's that's a problem. Every well, time they've talked about the Warcraft novels, though, and specifically with War of the Ancients, they said that War of the Ancients is canon. It actually happened. Ronan went back, and blah blah blah. The problem is the end of the time of the War of the Ancients books implies that Nors Dormu fixed it all. Yeah. So does anyone remember that Ronan went back? You does know any, what? According well, to Storm Rage, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem is that Gory Day of the Dragon. In Day of the, the Dragon, 
also written seems... Sorry, go ahead. No, just in Day of the Dragon, also written by Richard Knack, before War of the Ancients, Deathwing is yeah. looking directly at Ronan. Now, if Ronan went back in time, Wouldn't he should you recognize know who that guy is. <laughs> Day of the Dragon is from the alternate before, timeline. I still got to so... do... You know what, Rossi? If you aren't going to do it, I want to do a tinfoil hat about the whole infinite dragon flight split oh, I, thing. We actually should do that as a two-parter because I know I have. we both have ideas about it. Yeah, yeah. So we I should... think we should totally do that. This is yeah. why time travel is stupid. <laughs> so, so you get, to clarify, you guys are going to do a two-part tinfoil hat written by two different people on two different parts of the week to try and both present your ideas. Yeah. Yes. To clarify. Are yes. you kidding? Just, yeah. It would clarify is the scary part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, Mr. Rossi, I, I, I wish you the best in attempting to um, bring the time travel aspects of that story into effect. I'm, I'm, I'm eagerly anticipating to see what exactly it turns out to be. Well, it's, it's interesting because the War of the Ancient stuff, that's one of the reasons I, I, the Gallywick story is, is interesting to me just because it, like I think like Gray pointed out, it's good to see them doing the little pieces on their site and that gives you an immediate hook. You don't have to wait yeah. for some book to come out. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to see them just come out and say, okay, this is what happened. Just because it, even the in game books, you know, if you go by the in game books, none of that stuff happened. Like they had <laughs> multiple books you could read in game that talk about that war. None of that stuff happened to them. I have, you, I, have, yeah, I have a very personal hatred for those trilogies because anyone who kind of knows uh, what I role play and kind of the, the aspect that got me into WoW is Demon Hunters. And it's seen that the War of the, War of the Ancients, if you actually read through it towards the end, the very end suggested those particular characters didn't need to exist. The very end of the War of the Ancients trilogy openly said that the as the well was collapsing, it pulled in everything that was like fell-tainted back into it. Everything demonic got pulled into the well according to the end of the trilogy. Which okay, doesn't make but... any sense even for like satyrs and stuff kept existing exactly. afterwards. So right. it's like... We even have the the whole Worgen explanation has the Lords of the Emerald Flame turn out to be satyrs. Mm-hmm. So, and what, so, what about what about Mister? You know, good old Illidan Stormrage. You know, when did he ever become a demon hunter? Sure, eyes blinded, tattoos. Fine, it's great. We saw when that happened. We never see him pick up his glaives. We never see him fight Azanoth. You know, the guy whose name is actually on the two blades that you get in Black Temple. Where is he? Where is he? Yeah. For for a demon hunter, he doesn't hunt many demons. No, yeah. he just kind of walks around and whines, you know, like a little baby a few times. Illidan and... is cosplaying a demon, pl a demon hunter. <laughs> Except, he's supposed yeah. to be first by revised lore. He is supposed to be the one who taught us all in prison. Did he teach so, us all in prison? Yeah. <laughs> what I want to know is, have you? Did you find the demon hunter in in Darkshore? Yes, I did, and I am yeah. giddy as a little schoolgirl when it comes to the fact that they've added all these little Game Hunter bits throughout. Have you there been you to Fellwood yet? Okay. Um, I've not actually done that, but I'm perfectly Go aware. to Fellwood. Oh, man. That is so right. awesome. And it's really awesome because it gives the alternative perspective. It gives you the idea that there are night elves out there that are like, you know, Taronda and Malfurion really haven't done a very good job, have they? Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. I got to go do Fellwood now. Finally. <laughs> yeah, you got to find that guy. The way you feel, the way you feel about those guys and how inept Tyrande and Malfurion are, is the same way a lot of people feel about that one apothecary in uh, the Plague Lands who's like, Sylvanas is off her rocker. I remember that guy. 
I honestly, that guy's kind of like, yeah. that guy's going to turn out to be the, the right guy. I'm telling you. Yeah. Most likely. But also, also, um, when you're doing stuff, don't skip the Blasted Lands if you want some good Demon Hunter lore. Blasted Lands are so most, cool. The most famous Demon Hunter, I think, next to Illidan is there. Mister, yeah. The, the, the one Demon Hunter that was actually in vanilla, you know, prior yeah. to mm -hmm. um, Burning Crusade. Oh, was yeah. he? The, that's the one who that's made, the guy from Ashara. made you go find yeah. poop, right? Yeah, the guy from Ashara, yeah. yeah. With his little <laughs> fell, fell hound dude, yeah. Because now the entire... Um, Hero of the Horde quest is now self-contained in the Blasted Lands, apparently. So everything that happened with that world-spanning awesome quest is now in one zone. But Magic what about the poop? It's gone. Oh. I think the goblins, goblins did it all, all up here. The goblins are out in Ashara. I, I love how there's like this whole big long quest line out in Ashara where you're basically trying to convince a mountain giant to take a big dump. Yep. Like, that's the whole quest line. It's it's very it's a very uh, strange departure for Blizzard giving the horde an actual poop quest when really those have been the uh, kind of the realm of the alliance for a while. Hey now, Nagrand, Nagrand. Not a single not a single one of the poop quests has been just alliance. They've all been open to both. No, there was one up in uh uh oh, what was it? It's a, some something where you got a I think it's in Northrend in uh, Grizzly Hills with the uh, Grizzly with Hills some, with the outhouse. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's yeah, but the rest of them, the, all of them. Yeah. The ones in Outland were all open to both Horde and Alliance. By the way, people listening, yes, let's debate the lore of the poop quest. You see, There's questing nothing... for feces has often been a rich and ex lively experience for the Warcraft universe. I, I'm sorry, I hate the Grizzly Hills quest so much, it makes me physically want to punch somebody. You really hate Grizzly Hills that much? I didn't like Grizzly Hills. No, no, Hills. I love Grizzly Hills. I hate that quest. Oh, Especially that in the end, go put them back in the bucket. I want to kill you with my bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I'm going to try and drag this a little bit back. There's actually you guys mentioned earlier that I want to to get your thoughts on. Uh, you, somebody mentioned the possibility of us facing Gallowix at some point as maybe a boss or something. What what faction leaders or race leaders do you think we might see as bosses? I mean, I know a lot of people have considered that we may likely see Sylvanas eventually as a boss because she's clearly uh, lost her mind. Um, what other what other race leaders do you think we might see as bosses later? Obvious. I don't think we're going to see Sylvanas as a boss. I think we're going to there's going to be a thing where you quote unquote redeem her, not to yeah. the light or anything like that, but where you drive out. You know, they've been they've been hinting so much that you can't kill dreadlords. Yeah, they've been hinting it and hinting it and hinting. You can't kill them unless you, you know they come back. Even if you kill them with Frostmourne, she's got three dreadlords. Yeah. There's three dreadlords that that are pissed off at Sylvanas, Malganus, Balnazar, and Varimathras. She just get, drove Varimathras out of Undercity. I would Death isn't exactly happy with her either. Oh yeah, Deathrock too. You know, hey, so. You've got all these dreadlords that, that are, you know, and she gets killed again. And when she comes back, she's acting kind of crazy. Who have we seen that happen to before? I got a clue for you. Satan Death around. That's who. The Grand yeah. Crusader of the mm. Scarlet Crusade. Yeah. She's got Ooh. Death Lords in her brain. Maybe. At least one. She's got at least one dreadlord in there, if not more. And there's going to be something, something sooner or later where we go in and get them out, especially since she's using Valkyr. Yeah, it has something is, to do with the Shards of Frostmourne, especially with her ability to control Valkyr. I think that. 
we're gonna we're gonna learn that it's it's very much kind of Gollum in the ring. Just she's holding something like that's 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 just driving her even more like off the deep end, and it's gonna be shards of Frostmourne. It's gonna be like, what are yeah, you doing with about, those? What's yeah, wrong with you? We know Mal was plotting against Arthas in Northrend, and it never got yeah. to fruition, too. So yeah, I other than the obvious Sylvanas, the other obvious is Moira over in Ironforge. I don't think do they're going to do anything her, with her, though. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do anything with her. The one that kind of interests me, and I think would be kind of fun, is uh, Logosh, not Varian. <laughs> The Logosh half, because they they finally end that stupid storyline. Well, yeah, in the shattering, in the shattering, they made it very clear that he's got this weird split personality thing going, where the Logosh half is just mean. <laughs> um, See, I actually think the Logosh half is going to become the dominant half. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but. You know, I could see them doing something with that where we have to do something because we have to, like, reunite Varian for good or something like that. Oh, my God. I just thought of something. Holy crap. McCurley, this is your fault that I just thought of this. Uh Uh-oh. What did I do? We're doing doing a War of the Ancients raid, right? Right. Illidan's story isn't done, right? Right. If we go back in time. Illidan is there. Not just that. If we go back in time, it's stated in the War of the Ancients trilogy that Illidan – you know, learned how to pull magic without the well because Ronan showed him how. The greatest wizard ever learned how to do it from Ronan, whatever. But if we go back yeah. and change that timeline, we change Illidan. Yeah. Which maybe... means he doesn't die in the dark, in, in the Black Temple because he will have known it's coming. Yeah, oh. pretty much. We could have See, a resurrected they Illidan. They wanted to bring Illidan back because they. Yeah, yeah. Metzen was really he, sad. He said he that was. Illidan was not treated well. Like it was just like, "Oops, we killed the guy we didn't really mean to," and then it kind of died and, in a really stupid way. Uh, I'm telling his, you, his, his words at one point were, "He died like a chump." Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. He felt like Illidan died very much like Bubba Fett was offed in return. You know, oh hey, oops, you know, Illidan, Illidan. <laughs> exactly. Boy, I, I think what, though. Yeah, I think the is going to be when Illidan comes back. I think we're going to end up doing something that allows Illidan to have survived the Black Temple. To uh, to to kind of turn the corner a little bit, I got a I got a faction leader that I think we're going to be uh that we're going to be fighting. Uh, her name is Magatha Grimtotem. Okay. Oh yeah, she's that's definitely a, she's too. definitely yeah. a faction leader. Oh, right? they're setting her up. They're yeah. setting her up for something. Yeah, well, we'll, she's the leader we'll of the Grimtotems. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that um, stage one of raiding is basically take out Chogall, which is you know like the the end of the whole like Garona slash. Um, uh, I was kind of mad about SI that. Si seven dude. Because uh, I killed okay, I killed Garona or I killed Chogall, right? I went and Garona never and showed up. Like, the other guy never, never showed, showed up. up. Nothing. Yeah, I'm and covering. I'm thing. actually covering Garona. Part one is this week, and part two will be next week on Know Your Lore, and that's one of the things I'm going to bring up is you know. Garona didn't get any completion whatsoever. Neither did no. uh, neither did Shaw. Yeah, but no. Shaw honestly, Shaw only cared about about um, Chogall because Shaw was told to kill him. That's right. it. Shaw has no emotional connection to these people. That's why I right. like Shaw because he doesn't give a rat's ass. He's, He's just doing his job. I'm an He's assassin. Cool. <laughs> I'm gonna kill things. I'm, I'm gonna eventually do the whole storm and assassins thing because I feel like there's more to talk about. But Shaw's cool because he, he just he is straight up a killer for Stormwind, and he does and he not does mind. His job, and yep. that's that. And goes yeah. home and so, drinks a beer. And- so I think that I think that stage one of raiding was basically you know the very open and outward minions of Deathwing need to die in order for us to kind of get his attention slash diminish his his influence in Azeroth right. So we took out Alakir and we and we saved the 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 Titan stuff. We 
kill Cho'Gall and take out the uh, the uh, what's it called the uh, the Twilight's uh, and the, the the Twilight's just kind of base of operations, right? We've we've taken out the the main cell of the Twilight's hammer, and at the same time we've uh, we've taken out uh, Nefarian, who could become a pretty formidable force if continued. To, if, if you know, continue to let free by Deathwing, and at the same time, we've uh, uncovered the hidden plot that Deathwing is trying to uh, rebreed the race, rebreed the uh, the Black Dragons. Well, you know so, what's interesting about that, though? Sinestra. Seriously, what's interesting about all that, though, is that he resurrected Nefarian and Onyxia. Yeah, well, they were his. They were two very powerful yeah, no, lieutenants of his. They were his powerful lieutenants, yeah, and they were his children. But it, you think it shows you know better by now. It, that's not even really the issue, though. It shows that Deathwing actually has a sentimental side. He does. He, he has no kids. He had no reason to bring them back. You know, there's no logical from a. Well, I'm a crazy fair. demented. I'm a crazy demented death god obsessed, old god torn dragon who's burning from inside. And he goes through the trouble of going to Stormwind and ripping her head. That's why he went there. He went to Stormwind to get Anixia's head. Right, for the he, express purpose of of giving her to Nefarian, so Nefarian could stitch her back together and resurrect her. And he did the same yeah. thing; he res Nefarian too. It's like you think about this. This is an interesting side to his character that we're going to see more of in the future. Nefarian, for all his insanity, I mean Neltharian, for all his insanity, thinks he's doing the right thing. Of course, and and he's got this. It's really interesting because in the previous depictions of him, all we got was big mountain of burning dragon, or but in the books, he's always a crazy manipulator. We're, they're bringing crazy manipulator back. That's, that's so, what a lot of people tend to forget about a lot. Actually, almost every major Warcraft villain is all of them are doing it for reasons that they believe is completely and utterly right. Yeah. There's not a single major, major gargantuan villain in WoW that's just evil for evil's sake. They Gold all on. Gold on. Gold on. Goldon doesn't believe. Yeah, Goldon doesn't believe he's doing it for the right reasons. Goldon is he like he just wants power. Goldon is just doing it because he'll get cool points for doing it. You know. Yeah. I, I, excuse Our me. Guys, I'm the no. Disney villain of this entire setting. Everybody else has got motivations and reasons. I, me, <laughs> I was evil. I was going to say <laughs> Goldan. Goldan's like a fourteen-year-old on Xbox Live. He's doing it because he knows it pisses you off. That, um, the, the other thing about having a having a war of the ancients raid is great too, because not only do we get to do we get to redeem Illidan in the lore, but War of the Ancients is all about the demon soul and uh, Naltharian, you know, obviously tricking everyone into the into dealing with the demon soul. We get to deal with uh, uh, a lot of um, what made the demon soul powerful and and what power went into the demon soul and how it was actually the demon soul that 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 hurt Deathwing at the end. Because he didn't put his power into it, correct? I am I mean, so done with the demon soul. See, here's the problem that I have right now with all of this, right? It seems like, as far as Blizzard is concerned, Knight of the Dragon just didn't exist, right? Because in Knight of the De Dragon, Sinestra, she doesn't just die. She's, like, detonated. So I don't know how she's back. In Well, that end, she uh, no gets idea. a little bit of the, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, the, the, the MDD. As we yeah. call it around these yeah. parts, but and and on top of that, the demon soul like she put it back together, so it was destroyed. Then she tried to put it back together again, and then it was completely obliterated. Yet we have supposedly what might be shards of the demon soul that the dragon Mar are using in the Twilight Highlands. So it's like, can we just okay? Does Knight of the Dragon exist or not 
in, in more. See, the thing that, is, that's the, what I want to know is did it actually part, happen or was it just like they decided, need, wow, this was a really terrible book. We need Night <laughs> of the Dragon to make the, the, the raid in Obsidian Sanctum make sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. From, but from what then, I've heard, essentially people within Blizzard really don't like Night of the Dragon at all, period. They <laughs> would rather it not have happened, but unfortunately it did happen. Well, this is, this like, is obviously you, this is third party hearsay, you know, that's but well, that's right that's on the board with that though. <laughs> Grim Batal is all based on Night of the Dragon. You do the Five Man. I mean, they even used to have them. Call, they even called them like what are those things called? Scarden. The Scarden. 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 But they they even it. originally they called them the Trogs. There were originally called Scarden, and then they changed it the last minute, which is like weird. I, I honestly wonder if they just changed it because they just didn't have time to do a Scarden model and already had them as the Trog model, or like just just call them Trogs. Yeah, I don't, you know? I don't know why the Scarden never had to be introduced into the. They should have been trogs in the first place. Although I do like the idea. I did like the idea of them being dark irons that were trapped there after the place fell. And they kind of devolved and they were. Yeah, I like that idea. But just just say they turned into trogs. That's what happens to dwarves anyway. It's one of the two things that happens to Earth. And when they destabilize, just say they turned into sinister trog things. I think honestly what they just need to do is they need to make up their mind. Does Night of the Dragon exist in canon or not? One or the other. I will be happy as long as they give me some kind of finite answer. But 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 shade without Night of the Dragon, you would you really have the, have the Raptor, Raptor Army? army. Yeah, Come on now, we need have, the Raptor Army. We didn't have the Raptor Army, and the Raptor Army was drums in the <laughs> deep, sounds in the night. Ronan comes running in. Raptors, runs with me, and they're all like, "Wow!" Because they're all Velociraptors and crap in there. I tend to think so they treat all this like <laughs> they treat this thing like. Um, comic book publishers do, right? You, you don't know, yeah. completely remove something from canon. You just kind of sweep it under the rug you just, and you create new stuff that kind of averts you your the eyes bits from it. that were okay and there weren't really that many okay bits with Night of the Dragon. I did like but, that. But that never though. happened. This happened really instead. See, <laughs> honestly, the thing is, it's not even that hard to, like, now that we know that Neltharion goes around resurrecting people that, that he really loved... It isn't that hard to like figure out where how Sinestra came back or why there's not Oliver there. He just, did what he could. He did what he could with what what was left of her. That's not a problem. The problem is the end of the just come out and say really it. Really clear, really, really clear that she didn't just die. Like it wasn't like somebody came up and stabbed her and left her. A no, body I know she blew up. I get that. She That's just not a problem. That's not a problem. She blew up into multiple chunks. He went and found as many of them as he could. That's what she is. I don't have a problem with that. But like you said. <laughs> the, the the real problem is more along the lines of figuring out okay if this happened then did this happen like they they really aren't saying and it needs to be just come right out and yeah. let us know that's the same problem with the war of the ancients books Karazhan confirmed for us that that cycle you know that the the books you know Jeff Grubb's book the last guardian happened which was good because you know? I love last great. guardian so yeah, much yeah that was a very good book we, I'm, I'm, that's what Karazhan did so I'm we need that for night of the dragon I'm still trying to interrupt. <laughs> I'm still I'm still waiting for the other half of Karazhan to be a dungeon, the upside down version of it. Oh man, I, I still remember going in there. Great Morgan's plot. I, I want to see the upside down sinners. I want to know what what's yeah. up. With oh that man, place. that room. Yeah, that room oh, was crazy. Awesome. Yeah. I just hope they fix the misspellings down there. That's that's all. Yeah. If you ever went down there, the, the zones actually were kind of badly spelled. It was yeah. Very, you know what? Honestly, I'm gonna be. They took it out of the game, which makes me really sad. There used to be a place in the Badlands that was just crypt. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you go, you go in, <laughs> you go and there was, there and, it was yeah, and there it was, was a cone. The guy from Conan was there. The skeleton oh, was yeah. not gone. It's oh not gone. yeah. It's, it's not there. there. Okay. It's still cool. there. It's right by the Dustwing dig site for Alliance. Oh, good. Good, nice. good, good. But I, I like to I, I, but you know what? I want a multi-part dungeon based just on that. And no explanation as to who that guy was. Crypt. Just, you know, crypt. Go into Crypt and find crypt. the thing. I think you call it Halls of Crypt. Boss. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> spelled B-A-U-S. I want vengeance. Boss. I want vengeance. And if you will not give it to me, then I hell with you. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're going to take a break from, uh, from this uh, amazing lore discussion and random discussions of various different things <laughs> um, and talk a little bit about our sponsor. For you, the listeners of the Group Quest podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out the, so- their so- the so- software and their service. And I actually recently signed up for a trial myself. And I got to say, it's awesome. Uh, I got the uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo by Steve Larson. Really awesome book. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I recently decided to continue on with the service because I want to read the I want to hear the other books. Uh, it was a really great books. Uh, have you guys have any of you guys signed up with Audible? Definitely. And do you, do, you guys have, do you guys have any recommendations of of awesome books from the uh, Audible li- library, which is over 85,000 titles? Yes. <laughs> okay. Want us to go in order? I mean, uh, well, let's let's uh, let's start with uh, Mr. McCurley. Let's start with yours. Um, I would love to recommend my uh, my first and probably favorite. I actually kind of have two. Uh, my first and favorite uh, audiobook that I ever listened to is Dune by Frank Herbert. Um, the Dune Audible reading um, is by uh, who's it by? Let me uh, let me pull it up. It's by uh, this whole group, uh, the uh, Audio Renaissance. Audio Renaissance does this reading, and they did it in 2007. It's a, it's a brand new reading of Dune, and they are awesome. They do such a wonderful job. It's a full cast recording of Dune. Like everyone does different voices. It's great. There's like one chapter actually. It's it's, it's like chapter by chapter. Um, like one chapter will be one guy doing voices, and then the next chapter will be like a whole kind of cast. It's like more of a performance, and then um, it's just so good. Ah, oh, and that's the first time I had ever heard or listened or read Dune, and I I was at work for non like a huge amount of hours a day, and 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 this this got me through it. And Dune was so good, I loved it absolutely. And then the second one I wanted to recommend is a uh, is a uh, Jeremy, uh, uh, oh who's it? Um, what's his face? Um. Uh, oh God, Rossi. We talk about them all the time. Um, oh, Larry Niven and Jerry Pornell book. Okay. Um, called the uh, the Moat in God's Eye is a okay. fantastic reading on Audible. Well, uh, let's uh, let's listen to a sample of uh, do- the Dune recording here that's uh, on Audible, and uh, people who if are listening. If to it's here. the beginning, if it's the beginning, it's hilarious. By the way, uh, I don't know how far in, in it is, so let's okay. uh, let's take let's let's just give a short listen to this. Your reverence. And the way she called his mother Jessica like a common serving wench instead of what she was. A Bene Gesserit lady, a duke's concubine and mother of the ducal heir. Is a Gomjabar something of Arrakis I must know before we go there? He wondered. He mouthed her strange words, Gomjabar, Kwisatz Haderach. 
There had been so many things to learn. Arrakis would be a place so different from Caladan that Paul's mind whirled with a new knowledge. Arrakis. Dune. How awesome is that? Oh my god. It, it, it definitely sounds very awesome. And the, the, the feeling that the narrators on Audible put in is just awesome. I really, really love that. It's so good. It's a um, fantastic performance. Gracier, you had one as well, right? Oh, uh, yes. Um, it's actually one that I finished reading a couple months ago, probably my most recent Audible listen. Um, it was actually the 20th anniversary edition of Ender's Game. Uh, many years ago, I read, I actually read Ender's Game and I really enjoyed it. And so to every, I don't know, three or four years, I just read it again and actually picked up the uh, 20th anniversary version from Audible, which is actually read by multiple people. It, the, essentially, depending on who the chapter is about, they actually have a different person reading that specific chapter. And it's very interesting to listen to their different interpretations of it. But I like the story. I really do enjoy the, you know, the, the beginning book of Ender's Game. Uh, and I actually recommend if you want to read it or if you want to reread it or listen to it, the 20th anniversary edition is actually a very good uh, interpretation of it. Yeah, we, we actually uh, had that one as a recommendation last week. So if people want to listen to that uh, audio sample, they can either uh, go to the GroupQuest website and click on the link and they can l look up some of the options there, um, listen to the um, uh, the audio sound uh, and the quality from Ender's Game. Um, really awesome. We, we Again, we played that last week and people want to look into that. Now, uh, for the last one I want to play, uh, this is a recommendation of uh, Shade, right? I would hope so. Okay, if well. Got, if you got On a Pale Horse sitting there, then yeah, that would I be do, a recommendation. I do, yeah. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that one. Um, that one's actually, it's by Piers Anthony, who's like, he's really known for his Xanth series, which is. Unicorns. Full of puns and it's silly and it's really light and fluff and I think he could probably write one in three weeks if he wanted to. Um, On a Pale Horse, though, it's the first book in the Incarnations of Immortality series and it's actually kind of the darker side of Anthony. There, it is dated. It's 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 a very dated feeling book. When I go back and I read it again, because I mean I read this back when I think I first read it in middle school. I want to say eighth grade or something like that. Um, and then just kept reading them as they came out. But the whole premise of the thing is that uh, there are incarnations. There's, you know, there's death, there's time, there's war, there's fate, there's nature, you know. And each book in the series covers one of those incarnations. But what you don't know about those incarnations is it's actually a mortal that's taken on the mantle of that incarnation. So On a Pale Horse covers death, and it's the first book in the series. And um, I really liked it. It's like... Each book that he has in the series, not only does it does it cover, you know, the story of that particular incarnation, but there's that whole theme of whatever that incarnation is. So uh, with a tangled skein, that's the one about fate. So the whole thing is about fate and, and you know, interweaving threads between different characters and things like that. Um, but yeah, On a Pale Horse was probably one of my favorites out of the series. I really liked that one. Okay. Well... Let me uh, play a bit of a sample of that one here as well, and we'll see how that one sounds. Given the uncertainties of the situation, such a stone is of no practical use to the owner. He can only test it by seeing it turn, then refusing to change his course. If it's a valid prophecy, he's doomed. If it's not, he's been cheated. It's a no-win game. I've played enough of that type. 
I will provide you a demonstration. The proprietor said, perceiving a morbid streak that could make this customer vulnerable to an aggressive and properly slanted sales pitch. Skepticism is healthy, sir, and you are obviously too intelligent to be deceived by defective merchandise. I like how that how the narrator really gives a, a, a different tone and a different uh, vocalization to the Yeah, merchant. part of the reason why I love audiobooks is everybody does all the little voices. If you've ever heard any of the Harry Potter audiobooks, oh my gosh, they're hysterical. Okay, but which one? <laughs> which narrator? Because the the UK version has a different narrator than the US version, and I think Stephen Fry, who does the UK version, does a better reading of Harry Potter, in my opinion. Um, Stephen Fry name. does a better reading of anything. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I'm I'm trying to find the guy's name. I think he's probably on Audible. Um, let me see here. While you're doing that, I wish I'd done this sooner because they have the Odyssey read by Ian McKellen. Oh, God, really? Oh, yeah. Ian McKellen. <laughs> Ian McKellen doing the Odyssey? Come on. Ian McKellen's voice is perfect for, for uh, Ooh, Odysseus. It doesn't look like they have Harry Potter on Audible. Yeah, it's I'm not actually, available right no. now. I'm just going to get it too. on iTunes. Um, but yeah, I, Jim Dale, you know, he's, his readings are good. I just I really prefer the Stephen Fry version of uh, the Harry Potter Harry Potter audiobooks. The whole reason I love Jim Dale is that um, my old roommate that I used to live with, he did the most perfect Jim Dale impersonation I have ever heard. <laughs> so we used to go to the bookstore and he'd pick up random books off the shelf and start reading them in the Jim Dale voice. It got really bad when he got into the um, adult sections. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like 12. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Also, since we talked about time travel earlier, Stephen Fry has written the best time travel book I've ever read. Oh, which one? Uh, it's the first one, the one where he, where he basically creates a very small time window and uses it to put contraceptive in the water of Aloy Hitler's yeah. house so that he doesn't yeah. create Adolf in the first place. And the, of course, as the best part of the whole thing is that in the altered timeline, the Germans got a sane leader and won World War II. Yep. Yeah. So it's actually very interesting. It's a it's, it's a, a really good book. book. I think it's called Making History. Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. one of the best books, time travel books I've ever read. It's maybe not the best. I've read a few other. I like time travel. I'm like McCurley, who's just like time travel. Blah. I don't want to be the like ghost of time travel. <laughs> this night, I, I like it. Like three ghosts handles. of time travel, and then three you more who same ghosts coming from a different timeline. Good. <laughs> uh, a time, time travel, travel. starring Matt McCurley. <laughs> and yes, it's called Making History. Yeah. That's um, but uh, I, I do want to let our listeners know that they can get any of the books we've recommended here or any one of the other 85,000 titles, over 85,000 titles over on Audible. Again, if you go to audible dot, sorry, audibletrial.com slash quest, that's audibletrial.com quest. You can get your free audio book. You get to keep it, even if you don't keep on. But like me, I think once you try it, you'll be hooked and you'll be in so deep with Audible that you'll never want to get out because Audible books are awesome. So again, that's audibletrial.com slash quest, or you can go to our website at groupquest.com, sorry, thegroupquest.com, and get the link from there and uh, enjoy Audible like I have. We also have a site, a forum, a section of our forums over on uh, the dawnforge.com, which you can discuss your uh, choices for books you've read, uh, recommendations for other people who are just getting into Audible and so on. So uh, thank you again to Audible for 
uh, sponsoring this show. Okay, Yay. now you guys go back talking about lore. Oh, now you're gonna have to give us something to work with here, though. Well, uh, good thing I have lots of lots of emails here. Then, unless, point, unless you have a question, give us some pointed some pointed lore questions, and we can give tackle us, things. Yeah, give us some questions. All right. Well, uh, Razorblade here asks. Uh, I thought Gilgamesh was in the Alliance of Lordaeron during the Second War, and in that time, the Order of the Silver Hand was already created. So why are there not Gilnean Paladins? Two reasons. One, there might be Gilnean Paladins, they're just not Worgen, because in most cases, Paladins are immune to things like curses and diseases, at least lore-wise. They can still yes. get you know, really powerful ones, like the uh, Curse of Undeath that created you know, the Scourge, but for the most part, that kind of stuff doesn't bug them. Two... Gilneas actually left the Alliance of Lordaeron almost as soon as they joined it. They joined it yeah. really reluctantly, sent a token force. Most Gilneans did not participate either culturally or militarily in the Alliance and were out of it as soon as, as uh, Gan Greymane saw the bill for building Netherguard Keep. I mean, the, these guys were not interested. <laughs> yeah. As soon as someone said, and then we want money to build a keep in the desert that used to be a swamp, he was like, What? Yeah. Uh, we're out. Not only are we out, I'm taking that money that you wanted and I'm building a big wall with it. And, you know, this led to problems for them because one of the, you know, Gilneas is actually interesting because now that we've got the Grand Grameen story, we can see that Gilneas' society was already becoming more materialistic. Yeah. They were abandoning mysticism and, and belief in higher powers and belief in anything outside of the strength of your right hand. I mean, these were guys who were all about, you know, look at their huge, you know, the only place on, on Azeroth where you'll see bigger smoke-belching factories it was Undermine. You know, these guys were getting serious about the, the materialistic engineering future. These were not guys who were particularly light-devoted. Sure, they had priests, but most of their priests were just guys who, who said prayers. Like, you know, if you think about it, the, the average priest in, in a Warcraft setting is not going to have holy light powers, most of them are just people. I mean, there's a few who do, and that's where the paladins come from. The paladins are the are the ones who can be taught to tap that kind of thing. But the average, you know, guy in a village who's just doling out the spiritual comfort isn't. He's isn't not also doling out the renews. Yeah, they don't have those powers. If they, if they, if everyone in Azeroth who was a member of the Church of the Light could actually, you know, raise dead, why aren't they? You know, I mean, it's just. Some of these things are for game purposes. Gilneas was very much not into that kind of thing. Gilneans were all about. Dying. I need a priest. Click the light well. <laughs> It'd be click a light well. Click the light well, Gov. Anyway, yeah. Any friend of Greyhounds is a friend of mine. And, and if any of you want to submit your uh, your entries for the Sound Like a Gil name contest, go to obscurecast.com. I'm also a member of the Dawn Forge Network. Is that contest still going on or it did is they finish? It is going till the end of their season, which will be another two or three weeks, I think. Oh, okay, cool. At least one thing, I, two, three one thing Gilneas needed more of was chimney sweeps. <laughs> I know, right? Dancing on the roof. I saw all the worgen on the rooftops and I immediately Literally. went, oh my gosh, it's going to be like, you know. Bite the public step in time, bite the public. <laughs> <laughs> and let's get back on this track. I have another kill question. Kill civilians, kill civilians, step in I did want to okay. say something. I, I leveled a Worgen who's like level 72 now, uh, Worgen Rogue, and I finally got him up to Grizzly Hills. And there's that famous quest. Do you know the one I'm talking about where the guy starts freaking out and he's like, Were you bloody bitten? <laughs> and I had to say oh, yeah. yes. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I don't know if you've yeah. noticed. I, I am a giant werewolf. 
Uh, arf? Arf? <laughs> so yeah, the, the world doesn't implode, oddly enough, when you go back in time and go through the grizzly hills and everyone's so terrified of Worgen and you're sitting there going, uh, um, yeah, I was quite some time ago. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. So yeah, just wanted to throw that in there. Kind of a little hairy. <laughs> you look a little odd. No, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. All right. Uh, we do have another uh, another uh, three questions from Nooks here. First question is, in your own opinions, what happened to Azara? She was changed by the old gods at the end of the War of the Ancients, but what became of her? At different points in the game, some characters believe she's dead, while others claim she is still alive. What's your take on it? If she is still alive, will we ever get to face her? Yes. Well, you do, kind of, in Darkshore. If you go yeah, she's play alive. all the Darkshore quest line, she's, yeah. she's at the... It's a placeholder model, but she's there. I mean, I, it doesn't say placeholder anymore, but in the beta, that actually said placeholder model. She looks like Lady Vosh, and she's got Vosh's model. Um, that's not a permanent model, but uh, she basically... She should be Naga-y, though, right? Boogity boogity, and then she just... Well, I, I, I do wonder how close she is going to look to what we've seen in the tabletop RPG books. The uh, Yeah. Kind of the yeah. octopus lady kind of thing, because that's... That's a nice differential versus, you know, the same old Naga that we've seen for the past I think, six years. Do you know why I think they're not going to use the octopus thing? Hmm. Because then, then they're going to have to, everyone's going to call her Ursula. Yep. <laughs> and expect her to do the musical School of the Mermaid. Poor unfortunate this, souls. You, you yeah. do realize this is Blizzard we're talking about, so there's a very good chance that that's going to be <laughs> They'll make an achievement, call it something like exactly. Art of Your World or, Yeah. <laughs> You you will have other Naga on your side, and one's going to be named Ariel. I, I mean, it's just that's how it's going to work. <laughs> She'll have red tentacle snake things on her head, but she but, won't say anything. She can't talk. I actually think they're probably going to do, do either do the octopus model, or they're going to use the statue model that's supposed to be Vosh that we've seen hundreds of times now. Yeah, the, most, that'd be cool. most of <laughs> most of the creatures from Shadows and Lights are very close to their tabletop artwork. Um, yeah. I think there's just been a few slight, you know, changes, but I think most, most of them are almost dead on, which is actually kind of inspiring because at least that shows that a hey, Blizzard has a sense of artistic continuity, um, <laughs> even if they want to kind of make things a bit different. It's kind of nice. We'll we'll be fighting Ashar at some point. Mm, Killing yeah. her probably oh, not, but fighting her, yes. Yeah. Okay. The next question from Nooks. Medivh, where is he now, and what role will he, will he play in the future events? No role. He moved know. on. Yeah, he's yeah. gone. He's like... He comes back. I want him to he, come back. I love he's like a He's like a ghost who's, like, you know, fixed and finished his purpose, right? Like, he's all, oh, I can ascend to... I don't think he's dead. ...thing now. I don't think he's dead. I think, if anything, he's just decided, I'm done with this place. You know, I, I've, I now have... I don't have Sargus in my head anymore, but I have the power of the, you know, the original guardians of Terra's fall. And I have all the knowledge I got out of having Sargus in my head. You know and what I think? I'm out of here. I, I think you saw his kid and went, whoa, wait, whoa, I didn't sign up for this and just took off. <laughs> he, he's a deadbeat dad. Yeah, he's like avoiding uh, child support. I'm out of here. I think it's, it's, it's very telling that we haven't seen hide nor hair of Madan in this expansion. They said that they said that he was busy with other things, you know, so maybe we'll see him in that whole 
you know, light versus dark war thing that Valen was kind of touting and everything eventually somewhere down the line. I just think I it's very interesting because... that they, they built him up yeah. so much in the comic. Not that I think he was a great character or anything, but they built him up so much in the comic and then nothing. Not even a, you know, when they said there was going to be a dark secret underneath Chogol's, you know, I, before we knew it was an Astro, I was kind of hoping it was Midon crucified upside down or something. Uh, oh, just you got to wonder if Blizzard kind of regrets the uh, that that comic because it just seems for two years it wasn't the best example of well anything. Um, and Honestly, the thing perhaps, is, you, you look at that ahead. comic and you think, you know, Walt Simonson, holy cow, uh, one of the greater writers comics has ever seen, did did amazing work on the Thor saga, which we know has got to be one of Metzen's big inspirations because you know Thunder God, come on. Mm-hmm. And Alduar is a Thor comic book. Oh, yeah. Alduar is a Thor comic book that you raid. I mean, seriously, that's what it is. Names filed off, but that's what it is. The whole Loken storyline, boom, that's a Thor comic book. Then you look at the, the World of Warcraft comic, and I actually – there were times I thought it was okay. But then there's times where you're just like, what in the heck is happening on this page? The fact Let that us the, the feed book- them a diet of steel. That is yeah. not good by Let us feed them a diet of steel. You so know, it sounds start- an awful lot like, you know, we, we came to the restaurant, you promised us some good service, and instead we got a diet of steel. What is with you people? When they start shouting out their attacks like, I don't know, Pokemon, I cringed. Um, well, it's and- like, I'll tell you right now, the very first, and, and unfortunately the artist, Ludo Lullaby, got a lot better when he did the Ashbringer comic. Mm. Um, oh, Ashbringer was great. The Ash first time I saw his so work. beautiful. The first time I saw his work was when you see the, the Blood Elf girl in the caravan and they're having their little Night Elf versus Blood Elf argument, which was the stupidest argument I've ever seen in my life. And, she, <laughs> you know, they say, you know, she's just a child. And I'm looking at her going, she's a child who's what, smuggling Tupperware underneath her shirt? If she's yes, a child, yes, she why, does she, why does she have like 10-pound turkeys underneath her dress? <laughs> that is not what a child looks like. And the best, worst part is he drew a child. He drew her as a very young child escaping, the, you know, the, the scourge in just in a, like the next page. And that's a child. That's what children look like. It's like, why didn't you draw her looking like that now? It's not like it's been that long, especially not for an elf. Elves live a long time. Out of, uh, out of all the artists, I do. I, I think I like the Love by the Best, especially now in the Warden comic. He's, he has yeah. improved greatly. Um, improved a but, deal. I think part of that was taking him off of that comic because, man, that every time a new artist came in, they they redrew the wheel, so to speak, and it was bad. Garage Hellscream is apparently the incredible. Uh, oh yeah. man, there's no, there's no like, there's no character. Where's the character model sheet for Garage that is supposed to be like, you know, okay, this is what the guy sort of looks like, and you can, you know, take liberties with, you know, some of Rob your Lee for your artistic styles, it. but where the hell is that character sheet? Where's it's the, at, the mock-up? At, it's at Rob Leefield's house. <laughs> no, see, Rob Rob Leefield's house is where the garage who actually appeared in the comic came from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously, like garage in the comic like, literally <laughs> Garage in the comic book is so massively misproportioned that his feet would be three feet in the ground compared to every other orc. Yeah. Because he's not that much taller than them, but he's like two feet wider on each side. Yep. He's like he's three like frosts. Yeah, it's like his feet would be – they dug a trench for Garage to walk in so the rest of them wouldn't look like midgets. Seriously. The true war chief does not walk on the ground. Anyway. 
That's a, seriously. The true and, war chief has no stylistic integrity. To originally answer your question, Medivh's not. If Medivh comes back, it won't be until the big conclusion of of the the war of light and darkness. If we see Medivh before that, I'll be amazingly surprised. I really do hope they bring him back, though, because Medivh is one of those characters that I've always found utterly fascinating and wish they'd done more with him. Gul'dan, have your warlocks double your efforts. I want Gul'dan <laughs> to come back too. Yeah, yeah, that would. Be I would cool. love to. They go find that skull. They dredge up the remains of Gul'dan. He's he now some huge, evil, like, shadow force. And him and Medivh can be the chess you masters do, behind you know the world. That, you know that they could do that with an, the next uh, space expansion. Basically have, like, Sargeras' minions go and, you know, find Gul'dan because Sargeras realizes that Gul'dan was one of his most powerful minions, period. Well, actually, just have Kill Jaden do it because... Uh, yeah, Sargeras well, have Kill Jaden do it, right? And so but then, here's the other um, thing. Uh, here's yeah. the other thing, though. What you said, that you said this, so I'm reminding you of it because this was your idea, and I'm sure other people have had it as well. But Illidan didn't make any damn sense in Outland unless you assume that Goldon was making him do it. Yeah. Uh, essentially, I think my when I did the writing contest two years ago, not this recent one, but the one two years ago, I actually did a little fan fiction snippet that was the reason he's kneeling at the top of the Black Temple looking at the skull is because he's listening to it. Yeah, that's good. Gul'dan's whispers in his head, and you know, as the heroes come up, that's when he gets interrupted, and that's you know when when the actual battle happens. But it's because everyone who's held that skull has gotten a little bit crazy, got a little bit wacky. Gul'dan's not 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 done with people yet. He's he's kind of uh, you get there. The best part crazy fighting over it. (laughs) (laughs) Gul'dan. If you actually look at the, the, the history of the Skull of Gul'dan, though, I still think Nurzul just wanted it to pee in it because he didn't have any reason to get it. It didn't do anything for him. He didn't even use its power. He got it and immediately gave it to Deathwing. Deathwing gets it. And, well, you know, Deathwing's a stable guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then, then he gives it to, to, you know, of all people, Khadgar. And I'm sorry, Khadgar, worst life ever. Yeah. Cadgar's yeah. like 30. Dude's- People don't realize that. Cadgar's like a 30-year-old. You look at him, Cadgar, you look horrible. He goes, I was a teenager when he did this to me. Yeah. Worst life ever. I'm or- at the Shadrath old folks' home and just going through puberty. <laughs> well, seriously, how old was he? was like maybe, maybe like early 20s. He was early 20s. He was like yeah. 20, 21, somewhere in there. Yeah, when he got... He got he- he got aged up, and that was like I guess that's at this point that's what twenty years ago. So he'd be forty, and he yeah. even even now he looks like he's sixty something. I remember we Not talked just- about this actually that 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 um, uh, artificial aging is actually a theme in 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 the Warcraft universe. It's pretty it's, cool. <laughs> it's I think it's become a theme because they change their timeline so often. Um, yeah. That's just a side note. <laughs> I mean, war, you know, the first war of what twenty years originally down to one. Um, you know, the yeah. orcish invasion. That's things like that, that kind of force that. But, you know, Kangar it also Man, becomes Goldon again, though. If you look at it, it's yeah. Goldon. Goldon's the one who originally decided to, like, you know, cr- to have a breeding program to replace all the people who died. So yeah. he started, you know, the mass breeding of people and breeding special agents with dry slaves and doing all that wacky stuff. Goldon is a rich well of pure evil that has not yet been tapped. Yeah. He can do so much with this guy because he isn't one of the. He doesn't have. 
Oh, like, he died. Isn't that still just a mystery of what happened to him in the tomb? Like, no, you know, he the, died. The last, the last thing we saw was the tomb is closing up on him, demons everywhere, and it cuts to black and he screams. And that's that, we last, don't know. It, no body, we don't know, right? Yeah, no body. Other well, than this skull. A skull? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there are headless yeah. people in Warcraft. They, they exist. It is a headless horseman. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, Medivh and Goldon really are, are characters. Yeah, yeah, they're characters who should come back. I would love to see them come back, but I don't think they will until, until basically the design team are like, all right, last expansion before we roll this puppy up and do Warcraft 4. What are we doing? Goldon yeah. could feasibly come back when we you know, face down Sargeras and you know, that entire... That entire predicted Burning Legion homeworld um, section of the storyline. It's entirely possible that they could bring him back because he did die, so to speak, in Sargeras's tomb. Yeah. And the body wasn't there, right? From what, it, what we understand. The actual body that Egwin stored in the tomb was gone. Or no, Sargeras' body, or, yeah. 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 The so, Avatar body was not there. No. Yeah, so a bunch of other stuff. We've got a lot of lot of little threads floating out There's there. A lot that of, yeah, the tomb yeah. of the unknown Sargeras. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be fair, we don't we don't know how much of it they saw either. That, by the way, that was hilarious. Thank you. Yeah. No, I'm not laughing, but the reason I'm not laughing is because I just bit the inside of my mouth so hard. Nice. <laughs> uh, Do we have any more email questions there, Medrash? We have plenty. I, I wasn't able to get a word in edgewise, so. Uh, not that I'm complaining. I, I love I love all the talk. But uh, the last question from next year was, "What is your favorite WoW novel?" Rise Virginia. of the Horde, Last Guardian, absolutely. I have to say, Rise as well. Very well written, and some nice insight into things that we hadn't really seen before. To me, it was mostly like it felt like, you know, a lot of the time, a lot of these novels are written, and it's obviously quite obviously a fantasy novel written for the purposes of all this stuff and and I had read a bunch of the other ones and sadly you know Storm Rage and all those and they they feel like fan fiction you know but and 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 at at their heart they sort of are you know they're they're very professionally done fan fiction by writers who very much enjoy what they do for the most part right when I read Rise of the Horde I felt like I was I was really kind of clued in on something you know I I felt like I felt like Christy Golden really nailed it with this one. It's not the first one that I enjoyed, it's, but it's the one that I really felt like clued me into enough of the universe that it made me very excited to read it. I'm actually going to say... Oh, sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, it, it was also coming off the gargantuan kerfluffle between the Jornai retcon, you know, Stargaris, Aragorn, yeah. entire retcon, and Metzen's explanation was simply, look, we have something new in the pipe coming, and you're all going to really, really dig it, and it will try to the horde, and... I really, really dug it. You know, the that Drenai buildup and everything like that. I read that. I'm like, huh, I do like this story better. You know, so I, I, it kind of allayed my fears of that entire, you know, retcon train wreck, as Metzen put it. See, there's two novels that actually came after that, um, the, the Tides of Darkness and Beyond the Dark Portal, that I'd consider one yeah. book for purposes of talking about them. And I actually think they had some really good moments. And it's, as much as I don't necessarily disagree with choosing Rise of the Horde, and I think Last Guardian is the best book written for Warcraft, period. 
It just it's the it's better written than anything else that's ever come out for a Warcraft universe. I, I'd even say it's better written than Rise of the Horde. Just that's Grub correct. went nuts. Grub went nuts for that book. It's really good. But I, I wish they would bring him back. I really yeah. like how he interpreted everything. Grub's just you know Grub is one of those guys who comes into a place, does some writing, goes away. Uh, he's been a big D and D guy for years, and then he just can't away. Read that book now. So. But uh, to, to, I'm going to talk about the the Rosenberg Golden books, the the Tides of Darkness and Beyond the Dark Portal, just because they didn't they did one thing I really wanted them to do is they gave the that that period of time and those characters some focus, um, because they're really important to what we, everything we're doing. It's interesting because people I don't think people really realized how much of the game people focused on Warcraft three. And for Warcraft 3 characters, and they forgot how much of the game that we played came out of Warcraft 1 and 2. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and those... Warcraft 2 was amazing. It really oh, yeah. was. And it really expanded what orcs are. You couldn't have the Thrall-inspired re- Seeking for Redemption orcs without Warcraft 2. Because with Orgrim Doomhammer and without, with the character of Orgrim Doomhammer, you have an orc who isn't pure evil. Is yeah. he a nice person? No, 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 no. Orgrim Doomhammer will step on your skull. Uh, he's, you know, he's not a nice guy. He he will fully willingly countenance. You know, you gotta do what to these dragon things and whatever. Will give us. Will they, we can we ride them into battle? Sure, go with it. Uh, they're actually an ancient culture. I don't give a rat's ass. But they can fly. Can they fly and breathe fire uh-huh. on things? That's fine by me. I have <laughs> a hammer and I'm named after it. Do what I say. Yeah. Yeah, Orgrim Doomhammer is a character I actually find I've written to Know Your Lore about him. I find him fascinating because he he's he is Genghis Khan. Yeah. He is Alexander the Great. He does not care about the culture he is destroying. It, humanity has plenty of these. You know, the difference is it, orcs in the Warcraft setting, you know, have this problem in that they are effectively the bad guys. And there's no getting around it. Uh, even if you play Horde, the orcs are the aggressors. The orcs are the guys who came to a new world and tried to conquer it. You play an orc, you're playing the guys who gave poison blankets to, to the natives. There's just This is the part of the setting. The interesting thing is how characters like Doomhammer make it plausible. How they make, you know, what do you want me to do? Die? I can stay yeah. on that planet and starve, or I can come here and get some food. What do you think I'm going to do? I can, you know, my people are in a war. I can win it or I can lose it. What do you think I'm going to do? That's what I liked about those two books is that they gave you those characters. They gave you Nerzul as this desperate figure. With you know, he's got the best part about Nerzul in that book is how he, you can feel like the, 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 he's doing anything he can to try and fix what he did, and it takes him into darker and darker places. And he's like, "I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I will not stop." And just finally, when even Taryn Gorfeed realizes this guy is too far gone. You know, Taryn Gorfiend is like, okay, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> you know? When 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 uh, Garot, when Grom Hellscream is like, I'm out of here. Grom Hellscream ran away. You know, ran through the dark portal, got away. Nerzol was still trying to make it work. They're just yeah. these really fascinating portrayals of these really, and it comes from Rise of the Horde. You couldn't have it without Rise of the Horde. But these figures of the Horde that you never really saw, you know, you never, all you only ever saw them as is, you know, go, you know, when you're playing Warcraft 2, it's like go and burn Dalaran down and get a book. You know, now you understand this is why they did it. This is how desperate they were. And then you get the Alliance side and you get to see Turalyon and Alaria. I love, I want Alaria to come back. Yeah. I just, I desperate to see the Alaria Sylvanas com- confrontation. 
That'd be nice. Oh yeah. That'll be interesting. Yeah. So, um, for for my answer to that question about favorite book um, that was asked a while back, um, <laughs> my favorite book would have to be the first one of Blood and Honor. Um, that really got me into the novels. Uh, it was nice. It wasn't too long, but it really uh, got me, you know, really interested in the novels, and that really, you know, started me off on uh, reading all the other books. So that 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 had to be my favorite personally. Yeah. But uh, we do have another question. This is from Sayamara. Uh, says, how did group quest? I'm writing to ask, do you feel that Thrall and Jaina romantic relationship was something that Blizzard at one point wanted to go forward with, but decided to back out of after they changed Thrall's direction from Warcraft uh, for life to Captain Planet? Or was the Thrall-Jaina relationship simply a construct of fans' imaginations? Was there, was there never really a relationship between the two other than as leaders, friends, and with Jaina filling the role of surrogate sister that Teresa left? This, that is not to say that it, it's not, sorry, that is not to say anything bad about Agra, but she just feels like an afterthought since, uh, mo- since unlike most of the other uh, Maghar that come into importance, she wasn't in the game until the pre-Cataclysm event. Thanks for your time. I think actually that um, this is one of the situations where you get a little from column A and a little from column B. I think yeah. the fan base definitely built up the Jane Athral thing more than was intended by the you know, various writers. Um, but I definitely think there was some there. The very fact that in the, the Shattering novel, Christy Golden felt she had to address it means it, it was definitely built up enough that it became – the interesting thing about this kind of stuff is it becomes – some of the stuff that fans come up with becomes so powerful that the game has to address it. And I think this is definitely one of those cases. Um, when you have uh, – I can't remember. Was it Drekthar or – who is it who says it's a shame she's not green? Sarfang. Sarfang. No. It's not Sarfang. Uh, no. No. It's not uh, Sarfang. I thought it was What's his name? No, it's not Drekthar. It's uh... – uh, dude who sits next to him in the uh, E-Trig. I, in the room. E-Trig, E-Trig, yeah. E-Trig, okay, yeah. <laughs> so it, even even if E-Trig himself has to say it, then you know that it's it got it got big enough that they felt they had to address it. But I definitely think a lot of that was just you know the fans being fans. They it's hard for people to see female male relationships and not assume relationship. Um, whereas I don't think there doesn't seem to have been right. a lot of sexual chemistry between the two ever. Like no, right. in no appearance. What I think is funny is like they they tried to downplay this as far back as when Cycle of Hatred came out, because in Cycle of Hatred, Thrall made a very, you know, deliberate comparison. He said that you know Jaina reminded him of Teretha, like that was stated in the book. You know, Jaina. I don't think Jaina was ever intended to be a romantic figure for him. I think she was just replacement Teretha. You know. That, Plus, that I mean, human, that human the first time relate to, you know, yeah. the first time that you see them, though, in the game, even if you just play Warcraft three and you haven't read any of these books or anything like that, Jaina is disgusted by them. Yeah, she's flat out disgusted by orcs. She says to Medivh, you expect me to work with them? She's not physically into orcs. To She's like, not now. It's, she it's ain't. more of a yeah. It's more of a like a grudging respect that kind of grows into a friendship than anything else. There was no, you know, big blown out romance or anything like that. I think people made up a lot of that and you know, went with it. I'm just in imagining really like a like a like a like a like, a, ways. <laughs> like Fabio playing an orc on the cover of like a romance novel with. <laughs> Him like holding Jaina while they're like riding on top of like red dragons or something. Cataclysm. 
I think that I saw that disturbing. in Goldshire once. Anyway. Yeah, oh. the, the thing is that, you know, the shattering <laughs> basically made it clear that it, it had grown to the part where people had talked about it so much that they felt they needed to address it. As to where Agra comes from, I don't know if Agra is actually was there before the Cataclysm pre-event or not. She wasn't. But mm-hmm. I don't really think – she doesn't really strike me as a tremendously compelling character. Like I'm not interested in her in any significant way. Um, I loved the idea just because it was so hilariously bad of Garona and Thrall hooking up. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that would have been terrible, terrible. Oh, but you know what? It was so bad oh. that I actually almost wanted them to do it, just because it's like you know, Thrall is like thirty years her her junior. She's been aged to adulthood magically. She's half Draenei. It's like wow, this relationship is so getting, full of issues. We're getting into Madan territory with that. Yeah, it's just beep, wow. Boop, beep. All right. Well, let's. I, uh, I honestly, I wasn't happy with it in the shattering, though. I wasn't happy with how they introduced her. I wasn't really happy with the whole. It seemed like they were really trying to jam a relationship in there because all of a sudden somebody said, "Hey, you know what? We should probably get Thrall together with someone." So they just sort of slapped it in there. I honestly like, th- thought, you know, to be honest, that the reason they did it was to get rid of the Thrall Jaina speculation and yep. not, no compelling reason otherwise. It doesn't feel, like, for one thing. You know, I honestly think Thrall needs a little bit of a slap down. Like they've built him up a little too much. They need to have Thrall fail a little bit because that's part of the whole development of one's own character. They keep saying they want to do. They want him to discover who he is. You I don't discover who you are through constant success. You discover I who you are. I think his I think his failure was the horde to yeah. be to be yes. completely yeah. to completely uh be he fair about it. I think that his what he had in his head that idea. Yeah, so he's basically like screw it. Let's. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna put my energy towards something that I can destroy, I can fix, I can, uh, you know, subjugate. I can, I can fight Deathwing. I can deal with the elements. I'm not apparently a people person when it comes to dealing with the horde. The horde doesn't want me. The horde wants someone like Garage. The horde wants, you know, uh, wants a more aggressive, uh, less, you know, kowtowing leader. I'm gonna step away. That was his failure. Yeah, so many no. years of trying to build up that peace, only to have it devolve back into war at the snap, you know, drop of a hat. Yeah. Um, it is his failure. It is his greatest failure. And honestly, Thrall has just been so stagnant for the past five years that it that does need to happen. You know, he, he does. I need just think to have it's interesting because I think the only problem I have with this whole thing, the whole horde is his failure thing, is that I think they, they didn't go far enough in differentiating Garrosh from Varian. And that's what I think. Then it's good that they did the Garrosh story because at yeah. least gives you an idea. Garrosh still doesn't really have a character. He's starting to get one, but some of it's kind of stupid and some of it's kind of bullshit. Like the whole idea that he's now now he's into honor. It's, it's like why? That's yeah. never been a hell scream thing. That's you know I don't know. It, it, we'll see where they where it all develops. To I be want fair, them, I want them to do more with both of them. I want to see them differentiate and and become more realized. And that's I think what I'm they will. Saying. I think Garrosh does Varian better than Varian does Varian, which is which is the sad part of the fact, right? I mean, like, they wanted Varian to be this warrior king who comes in and is basically like, all right, show's over, folks. Your king is back. And everyone's like, yay! But he's also a king that runs, you know, screaming into battle with a sword. But Garrosh did that better at the end of Wrath of the Lich King with the returning hero and, you know, Caesar coming home from Gaul kind of stuff. And, yeah. and Varian's you know, Varian's story kind of petered out with, oh, by the way, now there's a bunch of homeless people and they're mad at you. It there's just a lot felt of like it. Depth for me 
came actually in the comic book, the this, the Milan comic book that we spoke about earlier. Um, there's a scene that happened right around Wrath's release. It was actually supposed to be the comic issue that covered the Wrath release event, you know, when right. Arthas attacked uh, Stormwind and, and Orgrimmar. Yeah. And as, like, I think it was after he saw Bolvar off, after he's standing on the dock, he's standing there with Anduin. And he turns to his son and he says, you know, look, in the future one day I want you to work for peace. And I hope the world is in such a place to where they can accept you. I'm sorry, I can't pursue that now. I have to pursue war. But in the future, I want you to pursue... He turns to his son and reluctantly says, I have to be a warmonger because that's essentially what people what I'm are facing and what right. people want. And, yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, I sat there, I'm like, you know, if only this were actually in game, people understand that Baron is not just that one-sided, one-dimensional warmonger. He's doing it, I guess, you know, for a valid reason in his eyes. No, it's he very true. Varian is... And, well, I gotta be honest with you, right now, in terms of the game, Varian is right. He absolutely is. The Horde oh, yeah. are the ones attacking the Alliance. It's not the other way around. Uh, the, the Horde are doing it because they believe they have to. But the Horde has always believed it's had to. And it's always ended badly for the Horde. That's the interesting thing is Garrosh is making the Doomhammer mistake. He's making the Blackhand mistake. They always do it. They, they become aggressive because they believe they have no choice. And it always ends badly for them. Well, Every here's, single time it has ended badly for them. And see, here's my counterpoint to that is that, is that the Horde isn't doing it the Horde isn't doing it. Blizzard's doing it because we needed gameplay. We needed conflict. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're taking, you know, this is a story element that Blizzard is writing. The only reason the Horde is attacking and gaining territory in this story as it's written is because the Alliance had a ton more and the and we wanted to, to, to even out the world, right? Like this has nothing to do with a writer going, okay, let's let's do some really compelling changes to these characters and see where they're going. No, it's we need more areas for the Horde and we need this game to put the war back in Warcraft. Therefore, this is what's got to happen for that to, to the, that to go. Like this, the, the, it's, story, it's story design and story elements that are crafted for gameplay purposes at the end of the day. Well, and that'll always be the case, though. And I don't necessarily think that that divorces it from anything. I actually think that's part of the storytelling is that the Horde are going to end up in this expansion being more black and white again, that they're aiming it towards less of the moral gray area that they had. I mean, and I'm not saying they're going to strip all of it out. I, I doubt who'd want to play a, a faction. Well, some people would want to play a faction that was pure evil because we have lots of Forsaken out there. But anyway, um, no one would want to play a faction that was cartoonish supervillains, and I don't think that's where the Horde's going. I honestly think one of the interesting things about this is that we've seen is we don't know how much of it is Garrosh versus how much of it is the Twilight's Hammer. Like the the whole shatter spear attacking in in Dark Shore, some of this stuff is obviously not Garage, but everything going on in Ashenvale is Garage. But at the same time, it's not Garage because he's got that guy, that General Cromgar is that his name? Cromgar's in Stone Talon. Yeah. He's also the guy behind the Ashenvale stuff because the bomb is moved from Ashenvale to Stone Talon. Right. It's all him. That's yeah. it's interesting because they they wanted to have it both ways. They want Garage to be a strong, a strong war leader and honorable, but they also want the, the Horde to murder their own people. 
And so they had to create Kromgar. So you've got a bad guy that in the end gets thrown off the tower. So everybody who plays Horde can be like, no, look, it was him. Meanwhile, you guys went into Camp T and massacred everybody. And the Alliance now have a general in, in, in the Barons who's like, you know, we didn't massacre everybody. We went in and we left them and out. They went into the Quillbore. How are we supposed to know that they pissed off the Quillbore so bad that the Quillbore would slaughter them? We had no way of knowing this. We didn't know what they were doing with the Cool Boy. And so it's they're trying to work in at the same time the black and white war story and the gray morality issue um, because they have to. You, you have to be able to play your faction and look at your characters and say, well, yeah, but you did X. And both factions have this now. Both factions have, have reasons to hate each other, story reasons that are there for your gameplay reasons because it is a game. Well, it's it's this it's this layered well it's a layered lore that actually interests me at least. I'm assuming a lot of views. The fact that you take the the you know twenty thousand foot view and you look down, you know, ooh, horde warmongers, ooh, alliance heroes, and you one step further, wait a minute, no, the alliance are warmongers and the horde of the underdog, and step further, and you start to un, you start to peel away all these different layers, and you understand that there's a lot of gray, there's a lot of yeah. gray area in all this stuff, and that's why it's so interesting because. No, there's not a, you know, aside from the big gargantuan bad guys, there aren't necessarily solid 100% villains and, you know, solid 100% heroes in many cases. There's a little bit of gray for everyone. I think you know? I was talking to Anne about that. Um, I don't remember if the exact tone of the conversation, but I think one of the things I said was that the reason I like night elves is because night elves are assholes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, they're they're <laughs> actually the people who call them tree huggers or hippies or whatever do not understand them at all. Yeah, not at all. Night elves are mean sons of bitches. They're they, ruthless. They, they like to watch things die, man. The thing, the thing I didn't like about War of the Ancients was Nack kind of turned Malfurion from a hard-edged ass into Mr. Happy Hero Guy. I yeah, know, and all that happened to Turan. Oh, yeah. Man. His uh, Taranda just annoys the crap out of me because I love the Taranda who Malfurion's like, I forbid it. And she goes, you don't forbid me anything. Yeah. And just wah, does wah. it, you know? Taranda is responsible for killing the, you know, the Watchers and the Wardens who are protecting it. Or not, you know, yeah. killing she killed Straight her up. own people. Exactly. Because she knew, she, she felt, she believed that that's what had to be done. Yeah, they were. They didn't have time. They didn't have time for people to ha sit down and make get a consensus here. He's got to be out now. The demons are here, so either move or move out of my way, or I'll move you. Right. Yeah. yeah that's they just... turned her. They they turned her into this. I'm just going to sigh and twiddle my thumbs and wait for my boyfriend to get done with his nap. Oh, that's what, uh, that's what that's what Blizzard does with a lot of their female characters. Sadly, is that they oh, kind of, uh, I can't stand they kind it. Of I really can't that stand bit. it. I need to. I need to write something about that. At that's some what point. really. But really the thing do. is, is. As much as I found it annoying with Jaina and the whole oh, this a crying thing, I really hate it with Taranda because I like Taranda because she's psycho. Taranda is a sociopath that loves only one thing, her god. Well, and she was she, in the original timeline. But oh, yeah. You know, I'm still – that's up. the Taranda from Warcraft <laughs> 3. That's Taranda. Taranda is – she. not that she doesn't love Malfuri, not that she doesn't love the Night Elf people, but everything is through that lens of I was chosen by my god. Yeah, and yeah. I must do what my God wills. That's why I'm well, here. I think, I think Mendros was trying to say something a little while ago. We should probably let him talk again. <laughs> oh, he mean I can talk? No. <laughs> well, I actually just want to uh, to get one one more add in here for our, our other sponsor, um, the Group Quest. Sorry, 
The Group Quest podcast is sponsored by Doghouse Systems, computers that you know are going to last you a long time. Visit them at doghousesystems.com for great desktop and laptop systems for gamers starting at $1,200. When you buy a new computer and use the code Azeroth, you'll even get a code for $25 towards some great Jinx apparel. Upgrade your gear today at doghousesystems.com and let them know you heard about them from all things Azeroth and Group Quest. So do we have more email questions? We do. Yeah, questions we do. Uh, we have one here from an unnamed Torin Druid on the Twisting Nether uh, realm. He says, hi there, guys. I recently got a Kindle over the holidays and since then have had read several novels. The first story I, I actually read on my portable library was The Shattering. I'm now looking for a book that will cover Deathwing's story. Are there any books dedicated to the fallen Earth Warden? Um, um, dedicated, but the War of the Ancients trilogy talks about, you know... Day of the Dragon, he's from, in... If You actually yeah. do need to read Day of the Dragon if you want to understand a lot of the stuff that goes on in Warcraft about Deathwing. Day of the Dragon was so bad. I, I kinda it's not bad, the but... Dragon. Night of the Dragon? Not Night bad, of the Dragon, yeah. Day of the Dragon is where Dragon's he starts it, good. but... The thing about Day of the Dragon is it doesn't matter so much that he likes to insert his little cast of people because it's the first time they appear... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're not really interfering oh. with anybody else's. They're not jumping in and saying, never mind, Illidan, I'll take this. I thought uh, it jumped the shark around afternoon of the dragon. It was kind of just <laughs> not <laughs> as fun. Tea time. The long the dark tea time of the dragon, yes. Brunch, <laughs> brunch of the dragon. Mmm. Delicious. Dirt gently holistic dragon agency. There's oh, croissants no. and occasionally fruit. Yeah. But um, no. To bring it back, the, the book you mentioned, um, Beyond the Dark Portal. You know, also does cover. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. The portal. There's some in there too. That's um, actually got a great De- Deathwing. Uh, oh God, what's the name of that Gron? The, the one head. Gruel. Gruel. Yeah, Gruel. good Deathwing Gruel fight. Gruel is messing up some dragons, and Deathwing comes down and puts the smackdown on him, which is we pretty went, neat. Actually, we went back to the guild achievement for Gruel, for you know giggles the other day we killed girl we did all of girl's lair in like five minutes it was sad oh well, yeah it yeah it'd be so hard i we yeah. recently we recently did uh my wife and i have been doing like blackwing lair two man until they bugged it out we were doing the whole thing with just two people what did and you out? i heard about this bug but I basically you can't you can't use the the orb anymore you use the orb it controls him for like you know, the, the full amount of time. And then when he gets out, you can't recontrol him at all. Ooh. And he just blows up. Um, so it's just, I honestly wonder if it's a bug or if they've changed it so that you can't two man it because we were going through and just clearing the place out, which I don't really get why that's a problem. It's a level 60 raid instance. It's not current content guys. Yeah. No See, kidding. My whole thought on Gruel was I was sitting there going, you know, Gruel and Deathwing had that amazing fight. Yeah, but you know, for, for that matter, Nefarians in De- in Blackwing Lair and Blackwing Descent, yeah. obviously, you know, you just don't think about it like that way. The the, the level yeah. scale is not meant to indicate anything other than just it's a game mechanic. So I don't worry I about know. that. Ragnaros and Molten Core, I can solo mol- Ragnaros and Molten Core. I'm yeah. pretty sure the one that, Molten Core yeah. is fun. <laughs> the one that comes up in the new one isn't going to be as bad. He's going to be yeah. a lot of just the way it is. All right, okay, well, so what uh, you got? We, one more uh, email question here. Uh, this is also from Sayomara. Asks, I was wondering if Shade or the group feels that Gruna Half-Ulcran's character has been repaired with her involvement in Twilight Highlands. Quests, or does, sh- does the shadow of the Madan and the comics still hang over her? Um, that's actually really interesting because this week I'm covering Garona. That was why I asked half. it. Of Corona, yeah, and then next week is the second half. The first half kind of just covers 
what she knew of herself or what she had presumed of herself until the point where she had Madon and disappeared for a while. And then next week's going to cover kind of her in the comics. But I don't think that Twilight Highlands really did enough with Corona. Like I mentioned earlier that I was really kind of disappointed that, uh, in the Cho'Gall fight, we don't see Garona at all. But at the end of the comic series, one of the last things that she says is that the one being with any power over her is finally dead. And then, of course, you see Cho'Gall's monstrous hand wiggling under the pile of rocks that they buried him under, and he, it's obvious he's going to come back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, it's, okay, you know, I'm going to have this storyline in Twilight Highlands, and then I'm just going to sit back and twiddle my thumbs, and you guys can go in and kill Cho'Gall. And I, I, I'll, you'll never see me again. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why they didn't bring her into it, or why they didn't do more with her. They just kind of left her hanging. And, yeah, the whole thing with Madan, until they for sure bring Madan in game. I'm still kind of uncertain as to whether Madan is, he really exists or not. It's sort of like that whole Night of the Dragon complex where it's like, wow, did we, in creating this character that we thought was really cool, did we create this character that was entirely too powerful by, you know, the universe's standards, that kind of thing. I don't know. So I don't even think it's necessarily anything to do with power. I just think he's not interesting. Yeah, no. it's not a compelling character at all. He's not. It's just, he's not really. It, and the power thing is, on the other hand, the, is fascinating. She's, yeah, that's the worst part, though. The worst part is that you know you've got Garona, who's this conflicted character who did this mar- monstrous thing to the one person that ever really truly accepted her, um, and didn't want to do it. Who I, I even think the love affair with Medivh thing is is perfectly in, ter- in fitting with her character. I can imagine the yeah. two of them, both of them tortured. They both have like you know she's like I'm this thing, I'm this horrible thing, and he's like you think you're a horrible thing. <laughs> I'm an even more horrible thing, and the two of them. I have a horrible like, thing inside of me. Yeah. Let me down. show you, yeah. Zip. You know, um, <laughs> but no, seriously, I don't have a problem with that. But just Madan is such an—he could have been a fine character if they hadn't tried to turn him into the Messiah. That if he just existed, if he just existed and was just her son and was just Medivh's son and had to deal with that, and you know, could have possibly over the course of say you know a novel or two gotten some power and displayed, you know, okay, he's good at magic. That would have been fine. But within the, like five page issues of a comic book, he turned from like, he's like, he's literally like Goku in a spaceship uh. doing push-ups. And when he shows up, <laughs> he can turn bright yellow and his hair stands up. That's Madon. Yeah. He's like, goes it's from been, nothing to, you know. There's this one been, picture of him where he's got like his arms spread and there's this golden glow. I'm like, wow, they made him Jesus. <laughs> what is up with this? Yeah. Super Saiyan Madan. There is it is entirely <laughs> possible to take Madan's story and rewrite it better. I think one of its major failings is that is the medium. The comics were not the place to actually tell that in a respectable fashion, so to speak. I don't uh, I'm, comics I'm, by I'm, their nature are highly heroic, highly exaggerated, highly awesomeness. It, you, you yeah, know, that's and, the problem with that's the problem with all of the Warcraft comic series. And there were moments in there, there were like quiet moments in there where they, you know, had the story development and the character development and it was really interesting. But then on top of that, you had these overblown battle scenes and, you know, backgrounds and 
Varian being Dides cloned, steel. And, you know, all that other. Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing is, is I'll even Don say the first, yeah. the first five issues of the Warcraft comic, before you find out who he is, even just the gladiator stuff is fine. I mean, it's got his bad moments, but I'm fine with him as the, the gladiator who comes out of nowhere and kills people and is a pretty badass. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. It's when even the escape, the escape is fine that you find out that, that the, uh, the, or, the orc shaman actually pretty much lets him go. He pretty yeah. much is like, you know, eh, I don't care. I got what I needed. They, I, they, I, they made me my money and I'm, I'm okay with that. You know? Yeah. I, it's, I, all that stuff is fine. The Brawl Valeria scenes are okay, although they're overplayed. But I do like the fact that ultimately he's trying to make her into a surrogate daughter and she's trying to make him into a surrogate father and neither of them understands what they're doing. That's all fine. The problem is, is that it gets – it starts to like accelerate into like a Star Trek episode. Like, you know, suddenly you have evil. No, no, it's specifically an episode of Star Trek. It's like the very worst of Marvel comics, you know? (laughs) It it seriously is a Star Trek episode. It's the one where Kirk gets split on the teleporter. Mm -hmm. And you have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kirk, but whose evil Kirk is the one who gives Kirk the power to command. And good Kirk, but good Kirk is too nice to lead. That's literally what Varian is. He's evil Kirk. and when he gets recombined now he can be king of stormwind again i'm like seriously this is i remember this episode it's like a gold key comic adaptation of that episode i'm kind of i'm kind of i think the main thing that i was kind of unhappy with was that you know they they could have made it just you know taken some of their well not the novel writers but you know taking some people to do some decent stories about azeroth and And they've done good decided to do well, they decided to do Crisis on Infinite Azeroth or something like that. You know, they just kept introducing more and more complicated elements that just really confused everything. What really, instead made, of- what, what really made it sad for me, though, is that you to talk about Garona here, Garona's in the comic book. Yeah. My God, you could have done so much with Garona and Varian meeting. Yo. And they didn't really. They didn't no, really. Barely meet. even does anything with it. You know what? Garona is faced. You know, here's a thought Garona is actually not an unreasonable person. Yeah. Put, put into a situation where she's staring down Varian Rin and she's not under mind control. Can you imagine? Like, she would be like, I, I can't fight this man. I can't she do would, it. Yeah. You know, I killed his father in front of him. I can't do it. I didn't want to well, kill here's him. Here's the thing, though. She didn't know that Varian was there. Oh, I know. But when she imagine she had no find idea. Out? But if she found out, it would probably kill her. Because, I yeah. mean, she already feels like utter nothing it from doing her life. that. You know. It ruined her life, and she wasn't yeah. even in control of herself. That's yeah. so much dramatic potential there, and they, they threw it away. No, it just turned into, Har, I'm going to fight you and kill your son. And he's like, I don't think so, and pulls his swords, and then they're all like, wow, and then there's fighting, and then Garrosh is like, I'm going to kill her. And Varian's like, you can't kill her because you're the one who ordered her here. And then, yeah, it just dissolves into the days of our lives. Yeah, seriously. It's, it's, with, Somebody save my son. Yeah. <laughs> As, Give as me back my past, son. We've seen in the past Blizzard tends to take stories that are told in certain media and they retell them in longer form. You know, uh, Tides of Darkness, Beyond the Dark Portal, well, the novelizations of Warcraft, you know, 2 and 2X. Arthas was effectively the novelization of Warcraft 3. Um, Last Guardian was effectively the novelization of Warcraft 1. You know, they gave us those forms in a more concrete and uh, felt out fashion. And it's entirely they possible they could go back. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
They could go back to the Madame story and, and novelize, kind of novelize it, it, do something with it. Oh my God! Bring Grub in to do it. Grub would do a good job with it. Grub oh, he would. He, since he covered Medivh, he could do that one. He could do. I that just had well. a really terrified idea that I think they might do, and it scares the hell out of me. What? <laughs> this is one of those things that really would be a bad idea, but every so often they do these things. You remember how they originally joked about Thrall and Garona? Yeah. What if they try to hook Varian up with Garona? Oh, no, 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 no. Never happened. Never happened. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't think, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily mean as a romantic couple either. I do think that, you know, if at the heart of it, Varian and Garona are the only ones who could ever really understand that weird thing that made both of them. They're, they're joined by the fact that the thing that has made them who they are is the death of Lane Wren. They yeah. were there when it happened. She was obviously yeah. the knife. But I don't think. Like, oh, I don't think like, that. Dude, he was a little boy. I'm She's not so saying relationship. I'm not necessarily saying a romantic relationship. I'm saying that, that the two of them could effectively become what she was to Lane. Do you remember? If they could get past do that you remember, moment. Okay. Do, do you remember? I think it was you on Twitter where you were saying like the one, the creepiest thing from like the, the new Star Wars movies was when. Natalie like, Portman, and yeah, oh no, totally. And she looked like, down and, and and she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna tap that at that little kid." Okay, that's yeah. very grown-up. Yeah, it would be a horrible. It would be absolutely a horrible idea for a romantic relationship. Even though Logosh, Logosh hates sand. Logosh think your hands not pretty, not like <laughs> sand. <laughs> I honestly don't think it would. You know, although with the aging things, technically speaking, she's probably not that much older than he is. I know, Remember, but, still, but I'm not, it doesn't, it's a horrible idea, but I honestly do think they have, there's a potential for them to actually become what Lane, she was to Lane, a, a trusted friend. I really think they could, if they could deal with the fact that she killed his father in a, in a, oh, in the way human beings actually deal with these situations where she would be, you know, just have to say, look, I didn't want to do it. It, it was forced upon me. Go ahead and kill all me. He has I've... to do because he remembers in the comics. Yeah. You know, I, I obviously I went back through all of my comics when I was writing this article. All he has to do is ask her, "Why were you crying?" Because he yeah. saw her crying while she was sitting there, you know, cutting sure. out his father's heart, and he didn't understand it, and he still doesn't understand it to his day. It, yeah, of I want not. to see. I I want to see that moment where she's he a finds Steelers her fan. That's says, why she's crying. He says. <laughs> Why are you crying? And, you know, See, you the know only, there, there's the potential for something really cool there. The I only problem with that theory is it would require him to stop ki- trying to kill her long enough to actually ask the question. I don't, I don't I think, think he can do. I think he can haven't, do that. Once he beats her in a fight, he can ask her because he's, he's desperate we, to know. Haven't we established that most of the problems in World of Warcraft would be very easily diplomatically solved if people would sit down at the table for five seconds. Like we got close Let's with just Old sit War. Sit down and right? have a chat with Cthulhu. We got close with Old War, right? It's like it's like okay, <laughs> we're gonna. I want your heart to explode. Yeah, but what do you really? We don't want our hearts. That. <laughs> addendum, your addendum. friends will abandon you. You can't negotiate your way out of my head. My catchphrase. Addendum <laughs> between the alliance and the horde. Most, uh, most. All uh, I'm saying is, is you know, Arthas tried to sit down and have a talk at a table with himself, and we see how that turned out. Okay, hold on, hold on, Rossi. Was this what you're referring to? Your heart will explode. Yep, that's the guy. 
nice guy. <laughs> Yeah. He's hard to negotiate with that way. The best part, though, is my wife and I used to do back when we were doing the AQ40 when it was like you know the main raid content that was out because Nax hadn't come out yet. My wife and I used to play World of Warcraft in basically the same room or in two rooms that were very close and adjacent. We used to have the, the sound playing both on our computers, and every so often, Cthulhu would whisper. Cthulhu's whispers were not raid universal; they were to nope. you. Yeah. And so one time we were both playing and we got the whisper, she got your heart will explode. I got your friends will abandon you. What we ended up hearing was your friends will explode. Your heart will abandon you. (laughs) And so from that time on, whenever we do anything, even like we just suddenly one of us will just say your heart will explode and abandon you forever. Cannot go on. It's like, you know. Near or far, wherever you are. It's like, oh God, Cthulhu is singing the song of Titanic. Run! Everybody run for He's Cthulhu. He's becoming the ultimate evil. He's channeling Celine Dion. Yeah. And oh, we bring shit. it right back to Canada. Of course. And with that one, let me just say, you will die. <laughs> no, we won't. No, yeah. when? Eventually, eventually, he one day. Never, he never says when. So, I've you died know, hundreds maybe of times. Room for negotiation there. I actually, though, to to go back to the Corona thing for a moment, not the the variant thing, but just Corona in general. It's interesting that she's back. Apparently, effectively a horde quest giver, but I have a really hard yes. time imagining Corona and Garage working together. At I don't all. know. Or, I think I think he's pretty. No he's pretty. No, I don't, no, actually, no. To be clear, the way it works in the. Uh, in the Twilight Highlands is that she's just sort of like, by the way, I'm here. And by the way, I'm hunting Chogall. And by the way, you can help me out with stuff if you want to. She's not really associated with anyone. It's just no, sort of like, she's by the way, she's I'm completely allied with the Horde. She's just sort of there giving. I was hiding under a building and then just like, oh, by the way, I'm here. Okay, I think I'm not necessarily even saying that. Appropriate. And I don't know why they didn't do this, that she give quests to both factions. <laughs> Well, because we don't want to use Matthias Shaw. Yeah, but she was never really allied with the Horde or with the Alliance. You know, she just kind of walked that line in between. So, I I mean, there's no reason why she couldn't have been a neutral quest giver. Except that, you know, humans might go running back to Varian and go, Hey, you remember that chick that you were hunting down? I totally found her. She's in the Twilight Islands. Yeah, I'd probably be the first. Plus, you know, Gilnians at this point, if you're playing a Worgen, if you see a Horde character, the only thing you want to do is stab them. It's very hard for me. Like when I I play my Draenei, I'm much more reasonable. But after having done the Worgen starting zone a few times now, it really does a great job of making you hate Horde players. Seriously. Yeah. (laughs) I have to every so often whack myself in the head and go, the person playing the Blood Elf is probably a very nice person. Calm down. (laughs) No, they're not. Believe me. Didn't you used to play a Blood Elf? I am a blood elf. I miss playing a Don't blood you elf. Goblin. I think I'm gonna go. I'm, I think I'm gonna. No, go I, I had a goblin war. I had a goblin warrior. I, I race changed my 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 orc warrior to a goblin warrior because I thought it would be awesome, and then uh, and then I found out I really didn't like diminutive tanks, and I just couldn't play it. It was weird. I was getting stuck behind boss monsters, and like yeah. people couldn't find me. And uh, we literally almost wiped on uh, on the uh, on the council, the wind council, uh, council of the four winds, because. Uh, I was too small uh, below some stairs, and we had a line of sight issue with stairs and the I, size of goblins. So I'm like, ah, I want it. to go back to Blood Elf for two reasons. Number one, I would like my extra interrupt back because those are actually oh, it's awesome. really handy. Number two, I would like to, you know, be able to stop 
having to say invent on every fight. Hey, Mr. Torin, you're standing on top of me. <laughs> see, that's so interesting. When, see me. <laughs> when I was raiding on a Torin, and I don't know if they fixed it since, it used to be me and a Blood Elf uh, Paladin, and I was on my Torin Warrior, and we were tanking. Um, in ZA, especially, this happened a lot. You know that boss that has the kind of like sheer effect and hits both tanks? Yeah. And it splits the damage? Yeah. My hitbox was so much bigger than his that I would be but in range of her. It would all hit you and it missed the yeah. self entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Happened to me all the time. So I don't know. Maybe it's just being big or small as a tank is always a, de- a detriment. Everybody should be playing a Blood Elf Warrior. Horde side. Go ahead. Everybody Plus, be Blood, Blood Elf Warriors. warriors. Blood Elf Warriors Yay, are actually fairly fairly rare right now. Like I haven't seen a ton of Blood Elf Warriors on my server. No one's race like one of the only one. Yeah. I race switch. Well, my guild, we've got... A Tauren warrior, and we've got a goblin. No, we've got a Tauren warrior, and who's the other guy? He's an undead warrior. Those mm. are the two that we've got. Tauren warriors are always cool. Undead warriors are cool for one reason. I'm going to do a shout-out to an old friend of mine. Hey, Vish, uh, undead warrior on Malfurion, you were always an awesome guy, and you still are. He and was, they have crazy yeah. awesome animations. I just, you know, I can't play Horde anymore. I just can't do it. I, ugh, but those guys were great people. It, they made the only reason I even considered playing Horde in this expansion because, man, I just – it was too much of a heel turn. I'm sorry. It was too, just too much of a heel turn for me to take. I couldn't take it. I used to, like, dabble in Horde all the time, but I just can't do it anymore, which is really sad because my, my Torn Warrior actually had, like, the High Warlord Sword and stuff back in the day. He was wow. actually kind of fun. Yeah. This was back when you had to earn it through grueling, grueling ladder ranking. And then the I, week my, I was going to get it. My you know? priest, Boom. I was just helping people get that title. And my priest got up to, I think, Centurion or something like that. That was like yeah. the highest title I got. And that was just from helping people grind out High Warlord. I didn't oh, even want to make that grind myself. Are you kidding ah, me? It was painful. <laughs> I, I remember. had to like close my bedroom door. I'll see you guys in six weeks. Anyway. <laughs> Medros, you got Twitter questions for us? I, I do have Twitter questions. Uh, the first one here, I have a lower question. I've always wanted to know what's up with VOA. Who are the guys there, and why are they there? Ah, Vault of Archivon. Read that book. Mm-hmm. The book outside Vault of Archivon basically explains it. These guys are effectively their Titan constructs similar to the ones that you see in like Alduar. They're not as impressively designed they're effectively entrusted with the area around wintergrass which was at one time of great importance the thing that you get to click on yeah the thing you click on when you take the the keep the titan relic in the center is what they're there to guard effectively think of it the entire place is kind of like it's interesting because if you look at northrend northrend is completely studded with titan sites that are effectively there to maintain and analyze the area Um, and you'll notice wintergrasp is right next to sholazar that's like not a coincidence. Above yep. yeah. it's, it's think like of the observation deck for Sholazar, yeah. kind of. If you think of it, like especially if you look at the fact that Wintergrass was also above Asjul Nerub, and Asjul Nerub is built on the remains of a Titan area that the Nerubians took over, what you basically have is the whole Sholazar Wintergrass uh, Dragonblight area, complete with the, uh, the the Draconic Temple, which his name escapes me at the moment. Worm Rest Accord. Worm Rest Temple. That whole area is effectively a gigantic uh, monitoring outpost yeah. for Alduar. Alduar is the imprisoned... Yeah, it's... Well, Alduar itself is interesting because Alduar is obviously built around the idea of containing the old god. That's what but it's for. on top of that, it's kind of a research facility, yeah, too. It's, it's research like and development. And yeah. it, it seems like they might have repurposed it. I'm not entirely sure on that one, but... Yeah. So uh, the whole area is effectively all part of this giant titan complex, and the the Archivon Watchers, all of them, 
who I guess kept taking naps and then waking up. I don't know what the deal is with that, but they were basically put there to, to keep the area guarded in, in, in one place, in one piece. All right. The next question here. Want to know more about Draenei, Red Rise of the Horde. Any more lore sources? I long for more Space Goat stories. Unbroken, unbroken, unbroken. Unbroken. Go unbroken. Yeah, unbroken. All right. Mickey Nielsen is my hero. Yes. All right. So the next one here is from our good friend Chris Blatt in the chat room. It says, what's the most likely backstory for Jotun, the curse breaker in Dragon Blight? I found nothing on him. I don't know. I nothing. don't know. We haven't heard anything. Actually, it's interesting because the... Uh, the C Dev thread, that was one of those questions that came up in the latest Ask a C Dev thread. And I really hope that they address that one because I I'd love to know. I he's just out there walking. You know. Any word on why we're actually going to when we're actually gonna see those answered? Soon. Um soon, but you <laughs> Trademark. know it's eighty the the US thread all by itself was eighty pages before they cut it off. Wow. So they have to sort through all of that stuff, find the good questions, find the ones that are actually lore related and not, hey, when are you going to introduce a legendary weapon? Guys, that's not a lore question. Um, they have to sort through all of that, then look at the good questions and figure out which ones are the good questions they can answer and then come up with answers for them. And I'm all sure right. they have to run them by a couple of departments before they can do that. So it'll probably be a little while. So you're saying it's going to be the release event for Expansion 4 then, probably? Uh, kind of, yeah. Yeah. They'll answer him at BlizzCon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next one is from Rioriel. Uh, do you think we'll see a Magni monument or a Magni himself in game? What else is down in Old Iron Forge? Magni is dead. I the monument I is Magni. Magni statue. I don't. I, don't, <laughs> I, I actually I wonder. Think... No, go ahead, Ian. Okay. Number one, if we if we. I think that putting Magni out on display as this stone statue would be incredible, in incredibly poor taste, yes. and in even poorer taste would be making a statue of the guy that died by becoming a statue. statue. Isn't that sort of like showing Terry Schiavo on TV, like Magni <laughs> in a stone? I'm just saying. I honestly wonder if yeah. they're going to do, you know, a five man at some point with Old Iron Forge. It cool. would be nice. It's really cool down there. It lo it looks neat. Not that I've I been there because I haven't been there in years. So I, I I'll freely admit, <laughs> back in the day, I went down there, but I haven't been there in years. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's easy to get there anymore. I, mean, I don't I, think so. I, I think that they've anymore? pretty well walled it off. But it was pretty cool down there for a while. Okay. The ne the next next question here, uh, also from Riorial, uh with PC with player characters going back in time to Outland slash Northrend, would you add a prequest before going forwards, understand the events of the past, etc. Type thing? No, because it's not really. It's not intended to be time travel. It's just it hasn't been updated. This is one of those cases where lore just doesn't. It doesn't get considered. It's and it's gameplay. Said, you know, they said at BlizzCon that they wished that they could make it. You know, a, a more fluid transition but the thing is is if you change outland to reflect the events of what happened after the heroes conquered everything there would be no instances there would be no nope. quests there would be no reason to be there so deal with it that's why it's fun anyway you know the only way i could actually see them doing that is if um if they do another expansion that takes us back into the burning legion focus is if outland becomes the pre-staging area and they pull another cataclysm-esque thing and redo some of the quests for Outlands in order to lead us into the smaller new area. The thing is, and remember is, I don't that I don't I don't want them to do that. And there's a very specific reason I don't want them to do that. 
I would rather them focus on making new content than keep updating old content forever. I agree. Uh, but yeah. at the same time, Outland is much smaller than the original Azeroth and would make would take yeah. a lot less time and effort to do. Uh, in addition, I mean, a lot of the mechanics in Outland are still fairly fresh. You could uh, you could just sort of update things and just kind of do a do a general pass of things like that. It wouldn't it wouldn't be as crazy as the uh, as the six year old engine that they were dealing with and the six year old mentality that they were dealing with uh, uh, with uh, with the original the original game. See, I honestly hope instead of doing something where they just revamp all the old Outland stuff, I would like to do one pass to get stuff up to like the current thing, like change a few quests, whatever, and give us the rest of freaking Outland. Yeah, yeah. Because the the yeah. planet was big. It was as big as Azeroth. We don't have all of it. We don't even have There's other shattered bits out yeah. there somewhere. You know, I'd love to like. I'd love to get to see some more of that. I'd like to go see some other. You know, what happened to the Draenei and the orcs on these other parts of the world? What happened to the ogres and the Gron and all that stuff? What maybe what's going on in there? Maybe that's where Alaria went. Maybe that's where Alaria and Turalyon are. I don't know. Yeah. And I I really I I know they're eventually going to do. The, the worlds like Argus and and uh, Zeroth and all that stuff. And I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. Cool, bring that on. Um, I actually one of the few people that liked Outland a lot when I, when, I, when, I, when I went through it. The problem I have is I've leveled enough characters to 80 at this point and to 85 that I don't want to see Outland again. It's, I'm yeah, done. It's I'm done. Content. It's, it's I've the seen this. with Vanilla Azeroth. It was like yeah. Death Knights were kind of a godsend because it meant that you didn't have to level You know what's vanilla. hilarious again. now? Deathwing, Death Knights are actually like the worst off now. Yeah. Because you start a level one character and you get the new stuff and you start a, level, a Death Knight and you're right to Outland. <laughs> you get to go right to the old stuff again. Like, yeah. oh, God, I'm fighting Hellborn. No. Oh, God, not more Hellborn. Every time that Fell Reaver kills one of my alts, I immediately get on my 85 and go kill it. Like, immediately. Yeah. Yep. I'm back. Here I am. Boom. <laughs> come, come on. Nobody wants to see a level 95 Fell Reaver? I no. I killed this level ninety five fell reaver. I would. Least, I have no problem with that. At least it's not the uh, fell bear that came around and you know. Oh, the fell bear. Oh, the fell bear fell slash bear. fell box. The fell box was great. <laughs> I liked the fell bear. Was he was just like it was this little bear walking around, and as he's walking around, you hear this <laughs> and it's just this little bear. I remember watching because I didn't get into the BC beta. Actually, I got into the wrath and and. Cataclysm was, but I didn't get into the BC one. My wife did. So the first time she goes up, actually, there's this box out in the middle of nowhere, just drifting around with this the loud Doom noise. Cubes. Yeah, the and Doom cubes. she goes up the to little the black and white or the little blue and white checked ones. Yeah, she goes yeah. up to this box is, and next thing she knows, she's horribly dead. And then the servers went down. <laughs> servers come back. Up, she gets her body back. There's a bear over there. Like, Maybe I'll, I'm going to go beast lore that bear. Bear kills her horribly because it's the same thing. <laughs> And she's like, what is going on? I'm like, it's a beta, honey. She's like, why did that bear kill me? I'm like, I don't think it was a bear. <laughs> it didn't sound like a bear. One of my first experiences in the betas, like in the Burning Crusade beta in particular, was uh, going from Hellfire to uh, Zangermarsh. And none of the little Reaver guys had, had uh, graphics at that point. So they were just, it, it was like. The landscape was littered with those little blue and white checked cubes. I'm like, well, I wonder what that is. I don't know. I'm just going to go run through it. And you go running through it. And then all of a sudden you hear these horrific scrabbling, screeching noises and you're dying. And I'm like, it's the doom cubes. They're doom cubes. And that's all they've ever been ever since. Good Lord. Every time I see one of those, it's a doom cube. 
what else have we got from Twitter, Medros? Uh, let's see here. Uh, Skolnik of Warcraft Less Travel asks, How long can we expect Thrall to hold the rift in Deep Home Open, or does drinking an epic pose have no timeline? Forever. Forever. This is, I, yeah. this is, this is Blizzard. There is no timeline. Yeah, they are going to bring him back eventually. I mean, Metzen pretty much flat out said, you know, final confrontation with Deathwing. Thrall's going to make some sort of very large appearance there and have something really massive to do with all of that. But um, for now, he's not even holding the rift open now, technically speaking. If you've played through Deep Home and you've put the... You saved the day. You know, you yeah. save the day, the the pillar is put back together, and theoretically, Thrall isn't really out there. Well, maybe he's out there having a nice picnic with his sweetie, and they're watching the water and going, oh, well, cool. oh no, that's no, he, he is still out there, though. He is still doing something, because when you go through uh, Earth, I'm not Earth Home, uh, Twilight Highlands, you get that vision of him out there. So at least yeah, you think just, he's still there. Yeah, it's a nightmare, though. It's not really, it's not really real. It's just this no. It's not real, but it's the the assumption is that he, that he's out there. At least you still think he is, and you'd know. I mean, you did save yeah. the day. I yeah. mean, if anyone knows what Thrall is, I mean, I love that part where your alliance and Thrall's like says your oh, name. And he's like, I knew you'd come, and I'm sitting there going, you know who I am. I like the part of the nightmare where he basically says it's all your fault. He says it's your fault, and then he's like, here, you go. <laughs> I, I was so freaked out because I had no idea what was going on. All of a sudden, here I am in the maelstrom, and Deathwing is coming. And Thrall says, "Okay, you can't even I'm gonna hold open the rift. You go fight Deathwing." And I'm like, "What? Okay. <laughs> you want me to what? I'm sorry." I got mad because he couldn't even target Deathwing. Like I could target him, but I couldn't use any ability. I'm like, "How am I supposed to fight him if I can't use any abilities out of this quest? This bug level 84. I don't know what to do." I don't even have smoke bomb yet. I can't do anything. Oh, isn't smoke bomb great in Bastion? You know what? It really is. But at the same time, they changed it. Okay. Number one, they nerfed it a little bit. Number two, now when you use smoke bomb, it makes this noise. It makes the vomit noise. I don't know why. Okay. It's like this belch every time you use smoke bomb. I'm like, wow, that sounds really gross. Thanks, I wasn't guys. aware you guys were producing it through gastric distress. I just thought <laughs> I it was. I guess we're it's not like throwing down a flash bomb or anything like that. We're just farting. I, I don't know. What else have we got, Medros? Uh killed Medros. Two two more questions here. Uh the first one is from Breha Priest, who has looking into the future, is it possible that the map we see is only one side of Azeroth? Could there be another side of the world? Potentially, so. yes. Yeah. Potentially. There's parts on that map we have not seen yet that don't exist yet. As soon as they need more stuff, then they'll, they'll put more, more stuff on. There. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's just, it's it's the way of an MMO. All right. Uh, we do have to say goodbye to Mr. McCurley. So, um, Matt, tell us where we can find you and all that good stuff. Yeah, I got to head out. Sorry, guys. Um, you can find me uh, every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday on WoW Insider, writing all sorts of columns uh and on twitter at go matt go g-o-m-a-t-g-o we're gonna do a ton more live show stuff too with the with the webcam and fun stuff like that so uh follow twitter and there'll be uh there'll be announcements and fun stuff like that and you have a live show coming up on monday right monday <laughs> we're gonna be doing a huge wow insider live show on monday we're giving away the uh the razor naga epic that i used to do the uh to the, the review of which is up now on a uh, wow insider and uh be there for that that's gonna be fun and what do, what do I have to pay you to get in on that? You know, get 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 in on that draw. 
you don't have to pay me anything to get on the draw. You have to come and listen to the show. To, and to then, win, uh, I mean, to win. Oh, to win. That's a different story. Because <laughs> I love that. I, I read your you review and I loved hints. it. No hints. Yeah, I'm glad people liked the review. I tried to be. Uh, I tried to be really comprehensive with it because it's a. It's, it's definitely a. It's definitely a thing you got to learn. But once you learn it, you're you're going to be very happy with it. Awesome. Um, and. And actually, yeah. Yeah, we're going we're to wrap up the show anyway. So uh, thank you for coming, Matt. And uh, uh, thanks for having will, me. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, we'll have you back uh, again soon. Good times. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. Have a good weekend. Bye, Matt. Take care, guys. Adios. And Adios. Shade, how, how, can, uh, how can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Wow Insider. Or, yeah, Wow Insider on what mondays every mondays, bloody day of the week I, I mean, yeah God. every day almost just about i think tuesdays and thursdays are the no do i post on thursday no uh technically i don't post on tuesdays and thursdays or saturdays but if there's hot fixes i'm posting those or just random bits anyway i write uh know your lore on sundays i also write all the world's a stage it's a role-playing guide on sundays and then i do the weekly podcast roundup it's a list of Pretty much every Warcraft podcast out there, if you post an update, then it's on the list. If you actually, uh, if you're listening and you have a Warcraft podcast and it is not on the weekly podcast roundup, you can leave a comment on the post and I'll add you to the master list. Uh, be forewarned, it does have to be a Warcraft podcast. That's that's pretty much what the list is for. Um, and then I also do World of Warcrafts on Thursdays? Yeah, Thursdays. I do post on Thursdays. Uh, world of Warcrafts features crafts from all around the World of Warcraft. It's pretty much if you've got any kind of nonprofit craft type thing like, you know, cake, fan art, fanfic, that kind of thing, uh, send in an email and we can feature you on there too. Um, and then every Monday I'm on All Things Azeroth, which everybody that's listening to this probably should know already. <laughs> I would, th I would think they may. Yeah, yeah. This intrigues me, this All Things Azeroth. If only I could learn more about it. <laughs> well, you can That's at allthingsazeroth.com. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that, that records Monday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time for anybody interested in joining that. Um, Mr. Rossi. Yo, uh, Krakens. Uh, mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> Krakens, Manitoba hate. Yeah, we got, we got all that. I don't actually really hate Manitoba that much. It's the funny thing is I, I said province when I meant city for Winnipeg. It just blew out from there. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it's – I write for Wild Insider and have for three, four years almost. Oh, my god. Um, I you know, started the Warrior column. I'm one of the few columnists who started a column and has stayed on it the whole time. Um, I still write that. It's on every Saturday. It'll be posting today doing arms talents, uh, and arms changed twice after I wrote it. They did two hot fixes. It was like, what are you, are you trying to kill me? Are you trying to kill me? <laughs> You're trying to kill me, aren't you? Um, but yeah, that's going to be this Saturday. I do know your lore, uh, on Wednesdays. I, I do the weekday, the grimy weekday equivalent of know your lore, not the fanciful weekend one. No, the fluffy weekend one. He does. No, that. it's it, it's interesting. It's kind of funny actually, because you know I have to obviously Ian and I have to read each other's work <laughs> because we have to know what the other guy was doing. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's it, it is interesting like to see like where the lore goes. I, one of the things I love about Warcraft is that the lore is completely batshit insane. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of the things I really like about this game. I, I tend to write other pickup stuff whenever like we're desperate for a post, so I don't have another day to point you there. Um, you can get my book. Uh, um, it's at monkeybrainbooks.com it's called Things That Never Were 
and I'm I'm going to announce in a week or two when I've got enough stuff for it. I'm I'm going to have a project out on the web. No, it's not a baby for the people who've asked on Twitter. My wife is not pregnant. Um, <laughs> when my wife gets pregnant, uh, I'm pretty sure you'll know from her. She doesn't. You know, I'm not going to be going making announcements about that before she tells anyone. Uh, but yeah, I'll be doing that in a couple of weeks. It'll it'll be interesting. I I want to get back into writing again, like just oh, for myself. What's your Twitter? Oh, Twitter is Matthew w rossi uh because there's actually a lot of matthew rossi's out there which is kind of surprising uh Weird. But yeah you, you yeah can, i know can you make it like go m-a-t-t go or something like well there's there's like really there's there's a there's a matthew rossi who's a race car driver and a matthew rossi who writes plays in chicago and i mean for a while that that other matthew rossi from chicago and i were like fighting on, on google for who gets to be the most recognized matthew rossi i'm pretty sure he gets it now but Whatever. So there, yeah, there's there's also a Matthew Rossi in a movie played by Tom Berenger, uh, which always freaked me out. And then, of course, there's <laughs> David Rossi on Criminal Minds, who my uncle David. So right, that always freaks me out every time we're watching it. Like, they're like Rossi. I'm like I'm not involved. Um, but yeah, you can <laughs> it find wasn't me. Places. It's actually just yeah. I I'm I'm nowhere you want to be, but you can find me in those places. So. Hmm. All right. Uh, and uh, lastly, we have uh, Grace here. Tell us more about you, Grace here. Well, you can probably find me most easily on Twitter at Grace here, G R E Y S E R, spelled the British way. Um, in Before the end of March, actually around the end of March, I'll be bringing back Lorecrafted. Uh, it's been silent for a little bit too long Yay! and it's been working on. Kind of a, a slight uh, redesign, kind of repurposing, going to be talking about, obviously, the lore of Warcraft, um, but also going to focus it more down on the role-playing aspects of things, how people can actually incorporate using lore in their character stories and in their plots and all the other wonderful stuff. Because um, even on the show, especially on the show, we already have people who cover the actual referential side of lore who can tell you about the backstories quite well. Um, so I wanted to turn it into a different spin on things and kind of bring the role-playing aspect into it a little bit further. Um, Lorecrafter.com, that'll be relaunching, like I said, before the end of March. Um, and also shortly after that, I'm going to be doing my best to bring back a little fwibbly old god thing um, who's a little bit mad and insane. I want to bring back Madden's Insanity, so Yagi should be uh, you know, waking up yet again. Poor guy hasn't found his pancakes yet, but we'll see about correcting that soon. I gotta say too, if you do, if you go back before he restarts it, go read his Hygel essay. Yeah, because that's oh, a really good essay. Oh yeah. I will. I will not. Um, no, no. But not, if they go the, back all, now, all the, yeah, all the old stuff, all the old stuff staying up there. I don't like. Uh, You're archiving all. Okay, archive. cool. Oh, yeah. I, I don't like getting rid of the stuff because... I was no, going to say, there's way too yeah. much really awesome material <laughs> on there. Don't get rid of it. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It'll, be, I, it'll be around. I just wanted to say that about the Hygel essay because it's another really good one. It's a really good comprehensive one. It gives people, a, you know, because when Hygel launched, one of the things that Blizzard does well but that also does poorly is they go back to the well lore a lot. I mean, the lore well a lot and bring in new stuff that is actually old stuff. And that's great. But a lot of times they don't do any explaining. No, you know, it's just there. Or, or the explaining is like buried in a quest somewhere that you can like. It's too easy to skip over. I mean, I love the lore of the game, but and even so, there have been times where I've clicked through and been like, "Oh, what did he say? Do I have to drop the quest to find out what he said?" So I do that all the time. It's all absolutely time. amazing how much new stuff 
has pre-existed in their notes or in, you know, I, I go back to the tabletop supplements quite a bit because, you know, pretty much all of Northrend was mapped out long before we ever had Wrath of Lich King. Um, a lot of that stuff was kind of, you know, sort of nuggeted in there in little places. And when it actually started to come up, you start to say, oh, I remember this. And of course, they change it for, um, to be new and fresh in many regards, but it's still there. You know, Shadows and Light, one of my favorite books of the tabletop supplements, pretty much goes back and tells you who the Titan, you know, who each of the Titans are, you know, what their, you know, influences are. Tells yeah, you about when I've read, the, when I've read the, about the Titans, that's where I got a lot of it from. Yeah, it, and it's, it's wonderful, wonderful stuff. The, the Lords of the Burning Legion, um, even the Elemental Lords, you know, so all the stuff right now in Cataclysm is like, oh, hey, I know him. <laughs> he's that yeah. he's a really awesome sketch on page 63 or whatever uh, i mean they do make yeah. changes if you look at the worgen uh starting zone and the, the the backstory from the comic book you can tell that from every so often they change stuff around but it was pretty predictable actually what they were going to do i mean mm-hmm. at least i thought it was and it's 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 great it's it's wonderful and you're right they do they go back and they add that stuff in but they don't always do a very good job of saying why or what this came from or yeah. Well, I had you know, I had to remind myself who Goldrin was. Like, I, I had to go back and reread and think, oh, they, yeah, the Wolf Ancient. They do mention him briefly because, man, and it, they do leave stuff out sometimes. Like, Omen really needs to be like, why have we redeemed all these other ancients but not Omen? Yeah. You know? Yeah, so. well, I think way back when Cataclysm was first, when we started getting the Worgen uh, announcements and whatnot, I think my first prediction was that. Uh, the Worgen would be tied to Omen somehow. You know, the wolf god who was tainted by the Burning Legion. Um, it, that would have been interesting, but yeah. The problem is they had another wolf god who was tempt- tainted by the Burning There's Legion. There's like two of them. Right. There's two of them. Well, and the, actually, the, the other one, you know, they named that, they, they named, you know, Stormwind's king after. So obviously they were trying to build up gold. I honestly wonder, though, like if you think about Ursoc and Ursal are twin bear gods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've got these two wolf gods. I honestly think that you could pretty easily tie uh, Omen and Goldrin in and make them twin wolf gods or even like a, you know, alpha male and female type thing. I would love it if Goldrin was female. See, what, what, what I, I'm curious. I, I see Omen more as a puppy god than a wolf god to me because he's more puppy dog than anything else. But um, I'm, I asked this on Twitter. Why have why did they not bring him back? He wasn't he was a demigod. Why didn't they bring him back when they bring Goldrin and Aviana and all these other ones back? There's one reason why they haven't brought him back when they brought those other ones back. Those other ones all died. When so an ancient Omen. dies, no, Omen didn't die. Omen okay. was horribly tortured and submerged in the lake and keeps coming back out of that submerged condition. He's not he's cursed, he's not dead. He's not dead. My he's, response was because he's barking mad. Get it? <laughs> well, he's hey. also, I mean, it was his blessing that keeps him going, right? I mean, he yeah, he, it's in fact, it, it's the blessing of a loon that makes it une- impossible for him to be properly killed by the Legion, which means he can't come yeah. back. The ancients are interesting because they can die and come back, but they have to die to come back. Shade, that joke didn't, it wasn't any funnier the second time around as it was the first. Yeah, well, well. Guess what? She's well. going to use it again, so get used to it. I'm sure well. she will. Anyways, well, 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 I think we should wrap it up. I, I think we should as well. Uh, so uh, we will play our outro in just a moment. Um, I do want to thank everybody for coming on the show. Uh, Mr. McCurley, Mr. Rossi, Shade, and Grace here. Um, do check all of their respective sites out where possible and articles where that is possible. And uh, we will see you next time for another group quest. Before we go, though, I do have something for Mr. Rossi. No! <laughs> 
Unleash the Kraken! I did love that when you put that in the game. People actually think I came up with that. I have to every so often tell, no, man, it's Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson is my savior. I had that the uh, first time you were on, in the, in the, uh, at the ending of the show. I love that clip. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you for listening to Group Quest. This is your announcer, David Grizzly Smith. We look forward to your comments at our website, thegroupquest.com. Theme music for the show is Intended Force from Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. This program is copyright 2009 through 2011 by Don Forge Productions and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license. This has been a Dawn Forge production, copyright 2011. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com.